We done four already, but now we're steady. And then they went one, two, three, four. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Fuck with me! I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Women can't live with them, and they can't pee standing up. Pretty good advice two weeks in a row from the Top of Wrestling Podcast. And here we are again. It's Wednesday. It's 12 o'clock, and it is another big day ahead of us. We are talking backlash, backlash, backlash results, or or as I like to refer to it as WrestleMania backlash. We have that. We got good flicks. If you remember last week's good flick, if you figured it out, I'm pretty sure you did. If you couldn't figure it out, you probably had it by the very end when Paul Bearer said, There's no crying in wrestling. It was a league of their own. A Tom Hanks, Gina Davis classic. Uh, oh, and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, O'Donnell. But this week, I'll see if I, ODM is ready with a, a quote of his own for this week. What you got for us, brother? Bring it on in. Nice intro, Professor. Don't ever fucking do it again. (laughs) Nice catch. (laughs) Don't ever fucking Lou Brown, who oddly enough sounds a shit ton like Doc Hendricks. Can we just get that out of the way now? (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Oh, man. He has like... I'm sorry, he has the very best motivational speech of all time. We won one yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. If we win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. That's excellent coaching. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite. My favorite is uh, I'm not one for wasting sports writers' time, so I say we stick around and give them all a nice shit sandwich to eat. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be such a good day because, I mean, if you want to have a, a, a movie with a bunch of, you know, great quotes and commentary, commentators in this movie, enough said, is is probably the most quotable things in this. So, just a bit outside. <laughs> Ball four. <laughs> Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases full on 12 straight pitches. How can guys lay off pitches that close? Oh. Well, Dorn's uh, done a little redecorate around the doll, around the ballpark here. Alpha, alpha walls look like the yellow pages. So if any of you are having trouble finding a good proctologist, 
Maybe you want to come on down to the park and check out the area around the 370 foot sign. Yeah. Yo, did we do? I'm just re- wow, two weeks in a row. Yeah, sports oh, yeah. movies, we'll call There's it. A, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Let's let's not uh, blow our our movie load too quick here. It is the seventh episode of the season, and this isn't our first time talking this week. Normally, you and I chat uh, only but once a week. We save it all because we found that when we text, we kind of, well, did we talk about this on the air or did we not? You know, so we, we try to save it for Mondays. But on, on the fly, we said we are going to record the main event of Backlash or... WrestleMania backlash, which, by the way, did you hear the next pay-per-view is called the backlash of WrestleMania backlash? <laughs> well, that to be kind of cool at WrestleMania at WrestleMania using the same logo, you bastards. <laughs> but so we're going to get into talking about those results today. Our top topic that we are also going to be talking about the greatest wrestling match of all time debate. And we, of course, have our trip back down memory lane with Monday Night Wars. Um, but so, yeah, we did record last night talking about Backlash or, you know, I say a couple of nights ago, you know, with <laughs> KFAB, pal. But at the end of this episode, you'll actually get a chance to hear our watch along to Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, which. Go ahead. ODM, why, why? Why? Why did we record? Why did we? Why did we decide to do it? Well, we decided to record because you got me all amped up thinking that there was actually a chance that Cesaro was going to pull this off, even though we both knew that there was no way in hell it was going to happen. It could have been the Jinder Mahal number two. It's what it could yeah, have been. Yeah, I think that's what we were using as a precedent, but uh, that along with some other little tidbits. But in the end. Well, let, let's let, uh, before we actually dive into uh, backlash results, let's start the show with actually saying... Uh, rest in peace to New Jack. This guy I, here uh, is dead. <laughs> I can't, Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe, you know, it's, we just watched his dark side of the ring. We just talked about it last year, um, or last season. Actually, no, it was about last year. Yeah. It's when, uh, dark side of the ring season two was going on 58 years old. So they didn't. What an odd follow-up was that Nick Gage, the dark side of the ring that premiered this past week. Holy shit. I thought New Jack was crazy. I actually really didn't know much about Nick Gage. I will say right now, Nick is a uh, more of an indie death match wrestler. Um, he did CCW. And then most recently with GCW. If you have not watched this, they even dive into the topic of Nick Gage versus David Arquette. That's one. No, <laughs> we're not going to go for the hat trick. Um, hey, if ever there was a time, you know. Yeah, it's true. But yes, uh, they go into that whole thing where. Did you actually watch a video of him and Nick Gage where. Our cat was like busted open really bad. Oh yeah, like I remember that story when it happened. Yeah, yeah, he was bleeding all over the place. He almost bled out. Yeah, it was fucking nasty. This yeah. dude is a uh, 
Well, and it's because yeah. the night before, according to this uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the night oh, before, yeah. Yeah. our cat took everybody out to for steaks, and he goes, hey, man, just don't cut me. I know I'm going to bleed. It's fine. But just don't cut me. I Meaning, like, I'll take care of myself. Gage is like, oh, you know, you're in, the, you're in this thing for the big time. It's a death match. You, you know, I will cut you. You'll cut me. But Arquette flinched at one part and went to go turn around to get mad at Nick. And he basically cut his own neck. They showed it a couple of times. They go, oh, shit. Yeah, but Arquette gets interviewed in this, too. And he's like, no, yeah, death matches are not for me. <laughs> but the best part, he goes, I am David Arquette. You know how they always have to introduce who you are. Like, I'm John Moxley, professional wrestler, you know, whatever. Or I'm a Jim Ross. I'm the AEW commentator. I'm David Arquette, former WCW oh, World Heavyweight Champion. And, but then he goes, I'm sorry. You just can't take it away from me. And I laughed. I was like, it's fucking awesome <laughs> god damn it oh man oh man uh, but you know the last other before I want you to talk about uh, backlash did you happen to see what Eric Bischoff said you I, already made mention about Randy Savage's documentary last week the biography did you see what Bischoff said I haven't seen his exact quotes, but I saw, you know, that he was, I like, I think the headline I saw was he was embarrassed to be part of it, him and his wife. If, if him and his wife had known that's what it was going to be, they wouldn't have participated. That's basically all that I saw. And there's a lot of things that were left on the, uh, what, the cutting room cutting floor, room floor. I like to call it. Yeah. Right. Um, but he said, he goes, I didn't realize that I was being associated in the same documentary. He goes, that would have... Bubba the fucking love sponge. That's right. exactly how he said it. And he goes, and I was embarrassed to be a part of it. And I was like, so that kind of makes me wrap up my wanting to see all the biographies. I guess it's really WWE produced, so I'll just keep paying attention to Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I did laugh. I, you know, We like to listen to our own show every now and then. And I mean, you know, we, we got thousands of downloads that are out there, but, you know, we I did listen, and last week I laughed at the, man, I haven't seen this mask in years. <laughs> well, sir, you just walked it over here to <laughs> us. <laughs> God. Uh, but Hidden Treasures actually is a good show. Or, yeah, whatever that is. So, um, Let's talk about Backlash. Um, I only watched but one match, so please enlighten me. What happened to Backlash? <laughs> uh, well, apparently Ricochet's back. Uh, maybe he's been back, and I just didn't know it, but... Uh, Kickoff show, it was Sheamus with a U.S. Championship Open Challenge. Ricochet came out. Sheamus won, but uh, Ricochet apparently stole Sheamus's new Irish trench coat and hat and dabbed in it and then ran out. Um, they, they really hyped that up for some reason. It's like, okay, bro, yeah, that's cool. You stole his coat, but you lost. So where do we go from here? Dynamite stuff, Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't say goddamn on the air. Um, I love it. I got to say, in number two, you know, when he was with the A's, I really didn't care for him. Now he's here. I think he's just a – he's an outstanding performer. He covers your mic. He's still a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, we got someone on base. Oh, I think I'll wet my pants. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Oh, All right, boy. so All right. yeah, I guess Ricochet is back. I did see that he's been feuding a bit with uh, Mustafa Ali. I guess now that Retribution is over, they've been feuding on either 205 or main event or whatever it is. I know it's not, you know, Raw or SmackDown, but I did read that recently that huh. they're going to be having a rubber match soon. But just very odd that you're you're like, Ricochet's back. Uh, he's been a re- He's been there, kind of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Hidden exactly. In the shadows. Uh, Where so, the hell is Keith Lee? Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. You want to talk saw, about an open challenge? I would have rather seen him and Sheamus than, than Ricochet. I woke up and I saw a gif and it said something like, you know, it was it was referencing uh, the main event last night and it said or Sunday night and it said only thing that would make this match better. And it was a shot of Roman in the corner and then it was just Keith Lee popping up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> phenomenal. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they shoehorn a lot of triple threat matches. Uh, we'll talk about that soon. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the show opened actually with a triple threat and this one was pretty goddamn spectacular. I'm going to tell you right now. Rhea Ripley, Asuka, and Charlotte Flair, I think, are definitively the three best women wrestlers in the world right now. Very um, apt. Maybe not all time, decision. but I, right, I now, that, yeah. right now, right now, yeah. yeah, they're at the top. If not, they're all in the top five. I would say no, 100%, probably the top three. I don't think anybody – I mean, I think that, you know – we always sing the praises of Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. Sure. Um, and I, I think that um, Ivelisse, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wait, let's steer for a second. You fire Mickey James, you send her shit back in a fucking garbage bag. And you hire back Eva Marie. Yeah. I... Okay. I'm not even going to go down that road. Anyway, yeah, no, all your three best women's wrestlers were in that match. I don't think anybody even on NXT, I mean, usually we're always like, well, NXT has a way better women's division. I think everybody, all your best wrestlers right now are on your main roster. Pretty much, yeah, and this match didn't disappoint. There were maybe a couple, two, three misstep miscues, but they covered them up well. The match was great. Like, for example, there was one where Charlotte got thrown into the corner. It was supposed to be uh, one of that bump that she takes all the time where uh, she goes for a move, it gets reversed, and she goes headfirst in the turnbuckle. But she, like, missed a step, and she didn't quite hit it. So instead of selling a phantom bump, she just stopped and kind of turned around like, you motherfucker, you just countered me. She played it off beautifully. Um Asuka had a great, like, windmill takedown into an arm bar. Um, everybody got their shit in. It just, it was a really entertaining match, and, and Ripley retained. I thought it was fantastic. Rhea Ripley was taunting Charlotte after the match. Um, yeah, man, it was great. I mean, I, I'd almost go so far as to give it four stars. I mean, it was a solid, solid, solid fucking match. A great way to open up the show. I... I unfortunately wasn't able to watch it. I had a guy on the other line who's uh, interested in some white walls. Way to shoehorn that one in there. <laughs> you get an A for effort. They don't call him the best uh, color was... man in the league for nothing, folks. Uh, How's your right, wife and my kids? go on. Rest of, rest of the show. <laughs> okay. Uh Feel good moment of the night. We had uh, so earlier uh, they showed a segment where uh, 
before the pay-per-view started that the Dirty Dogs, that would be Bob Rude and Dolph Ziggler, uh, attacked Dominic Mysterio. I did not Mysterio. even know that that was their names. I swear yep. to God, as I'm reading the paper here, <laughs> it says Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio versus Dirty Dogs. I go, wait, who the fuck are the Dirty Dogs? At least we could have said Ray and Dominic Mysterio, but you gave them both a first and last name. And I go, did I? the hell are the Dirty Dogs? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right? No, but that's my point. So I was like, I didn't even know they had a name. Yeah, but that's apparently. good. At least we're trying to do something other than your tag team champions are just Dolph Two guys. and Bob Rude. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Bob so there's sh- Rude. <laughs> well, oh, no, I won't do it. Um, uh, so they did a backstage segment where Ray got jumped. Or not Ray. Dominic got jumped. Uh, you know, and there, the, the end of that spot was... They're in the backstage area, you know, with the big garage doors, right? You know, for the semis or for whatever. And uh, there was a couch wrapped in plastic. Like, literally just some random couch, like, wrapped in, like, packing, like, uh, you know, like, saran wrap almost. You know what I mean? And they flipped well, it up over on I would say maybe it would I, be delivered to, like, the GM's office, but we don't have a GM, so I'd, I don't know. Yeah, just <laughs> weird. It's like somebody's like, hey, we found this couch on the curb. Can we use it tonight? Like, literally, that's what it looked like. Uh, so anyway, me? Someone threw yeah. away a perfectly good fucking couch. Oh, there's this little tear in it, man. <laughs> and this other whole head of lettuce is peel off the top level. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice pull. That, was, that re- You redeemed yourself there. That's fine. Uh, so anyway, Dominic can't compete, so Ray's going to take him on by himself. And, you know, Babyface is going, you know, against the odds and, you know, typical story, but it's Ray. And actually, everybody in the match is a good worker. So, you know, while not maybe that exciting, uh, and then as expected, Dominic ends up coming down. And, um, yeah, man, they eventually end up turning the tides. Uh, Ray hits a, a 619. It was almost in the corner. It was a really odd spot where he hit it. Uh, tags Dominic in to hit the frog splash. Not the greatest frog splash, but he's still got the good extension. Uh, Ray, uh, in the meantime, to take out Ziggler so he couldn't interfere with the pin, does a baseball slide out headfirst out of the ring, lands on top of Ziggler's back, who's kind of bending over, and goes into a sunset flip and throws him almost like a standing, like a inverted power bomb into the barricades. And Miss Dominic hits the frog splash. One, two, three. First ever father and son tag champs. The fucking uh, is a good feel good moment. I popped, I smiled. Uh, yeah, but you know, they're not really father and son. Eddie Guerrero is the real father. Remember who the they did poppy who, thing? Who they who they did reference? They did bring in uh, you know that Eddie would be smiling down from heaven watching this. So uh, a bit of cheap uh, <laughs> sympathy there, but you know, hey, you could say it's a shoehorn in. I don't even give a shit. This is a well timed one. This guy threw his own kid at a father son game. <laughs> How's your wife and my kids? <laughs> You're standing on the tracks and the train's coming through, butthead. <laughs> Told you I wasn't going to slide. <laughs> Shit, I've been cut already. <laughs> don't don't celebrate inside. You don't want to do it in front of those yeah. who've died. Yeah, but what if we're the deceased? <laughs> All right, man, go. let's finish out Backlash because I can't wait to hear you talk about this next portion right here. Oh, oh. I don't want to talk about it. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say, and you'll probably hear it later in our uh, watch-along where I recap it. 
Yeah. So it's a lumber match versus The Miz and Damian Priest. And in a backstage mm-hmm. segment, The Miz and uh, John Morrison are kind of doing their comedy shtick. And Morrison says he's going to go sweet talk the lumberjacks, make them realize it's in their best interest to make sure that The Miz wins. So the night goes on. Uh, and at some point, they show a teaser for, and I don't know the name of the movie, and I don't care. It's a zombie movie mm-hmm. with Batista. It takes place in Las Vegas, and it's the smartest. Uh, Dawn of the Dead 7. It's all the same. Yeah, but these are like <laughs> smart zombies, and they mobilize, and, you know, whatever. Okay. So right after they show that trailer, they show Morrison going into the locker room for the Lumberjacks, because the Lumberjacks have their own locker room. And he opens the door, and it's there's, like, backlighting, a fog machine, and everybody in there are zombies. Did Joe Boo, think? like, get with them or something? So, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they all drank Joe Boo's rum. <laughs> ah, Jesus. I like him very much. But he no help <laughs> you trying curveball. <laughs> you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? All right, shit, Harris, <laughs> let's not start a holy war. Um... <laughs> Hats for bats. <laughs> Gracias. Gracias. <laughs> so you think maybe this is just, you know, them just doing a little shtick here. And then, of course, Morrison goes back and tells Miz, and, like, Miz is like, I don't know what you saw, but let's fucking get serious. I'm like, okay, so they're just fucking around. And as they walk away, they show the zombies coming down the hall. Okay. They're certainly not going to do this, though. And Miz and Morrison start making a way to the ring, and it turns into a zombie apocalypse, where they're getting chased around by zombies. Commentary powders, Morrison powders, Miz goes into the ring. Priest somehow gets into the ring. I think I was so flabbergasted at this point, I, I lost track. No, no, Priest was already in the ring, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so zombies were the lumberjacks. Uh, Morrison got pulled down behind the barricades. Uh, never to be seen again, and Miz got eaten alive in the ring by zombies afterwards. And somebody were people were the zombies wrestlers as zombies. Or uh, I think they actors? were. I think they were uh, performance center mostly. And actually, I did read. There's a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, that Scotty Too Hotty was one of them. So you're gonna say I read a rumor one of them was really a zombie? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Uh, when it when um. Uh, I um why why you know obviously WWE's thinking I don't know what they're thinking look at the best possible outcome of this whole thing is that last week you heard me bitch about you know in our episode of blood guts and stillwell angel about that how dare someone in whoever it was in WWE that said, oh, blood and guts set uh, wrestling back 30 years. If it did, it was in a positive way. Yeah, it went back 30 years when cage matches were actually worth something of, of a thing. Take the fucking ending out aside. Sure. And what does Chris Jericho tweet about the zombies? Well, that just set wrestling back 30 years. Indeed. Excellent. Yep. Good for you, man. Yeah, apparently people... Oh, my God. That's the stupidest shit I've ever... You know what? I find that to be dumber than the uh, WrestleMania 33 Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Worms in the Ring projector oh, screen Oh, yeah. Shit. This is worse. Way worse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people and were... And they just go away? No one's worried about anything? Sure. Yep. Yep. Mrs. Dead. Apparently Morrison's dead. 
They'll probably show up as zombies on whatever show they're on. Did they not learn from that zombie character that they used the very first night that they did ECW for on Spike, oh the God. WWE's version? Did you not learn from that zombie? What? Oh my God! So all right, so the next match was what? Zombie Belair versus Zombie Bailey? No, apparently they were fine and unaffected by the zombie apocalypse. So. Oh, okay. They wore their masks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, it was a solid match. Uh, nothing to write home about, but uh, they did like tease the whole hair. Apparently, I think going out this feud is that you know Bailey keeps going after Belair's hair and starting to get pissed off. Uh, so she tries it at the end. She tries a Bailey's weird ass finisher move. Uh, I don't even know what the hell it is, but she tried it by hooking Belair with her own hair. Uh, but Belair ends up like pinning her with um her own with uh with her own hair. She like does like this weird quick. It's it wasn't quite a roll up, uh, but she used her hair, wrapped it around Bailey's leg, and pulled it back. So it was kind of a you know tongue in cheek. Uh, Kept fucking with my hair. I told you not to, and now I just used it against you. Uh, and of course, Bailey gets the cheap heat by complaining, you know, saying that Belair cheated. Yada yada yada. Um, hard to get invested in this match. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. You know, uh, both are great wrestlers. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind this of. This is. Mad. This is right at the time that I turned it on and was able to get in and start uh, prepping for us to record and. I did see this ending when I got to be honest, I just, my favorite thing is that Bailey just loves to fuck with Michael Cole. Like yeah. she's just always yelling at him. Yeah. I don't even care why it is, but that's kind of the best part of her character. She's always like, you yeah, shut up, Michael Cole for no reason. <laughs> it's just awesome. This one's for you, Cole. Yep. Um, but then we did get to watch the the triple threat together and, you know, we didn't record it, but yeah, you had Bobby Lashley retain rightfully so we both said didn't need to be Strowman, and the match is exactly what we thought it was going to be you know just kind of a bunch of big guys doing big things and making big crashes bobby wins in the end that's exactly what we thought it was it was a 2k match well we didn't think it was going to be what it was was roman reigns versus cesaro but cesaro didn't lose right i mean he kind of passed out right it was uh it, it it was a it was a cheap way out of booking shit uh it was a good match it was a really good match and you know you had your hope spots uh the usos never got involved and one of them did at the end but i really thought they were going to play a bigger part they were really playing that up and then they just did the yeah cesaro and the weird thing is cesaro like popped out of it right after he got pinned not pinned. Uh, so after the ref called it, Roman lets go right. of the guillotine. Maybe three seconds later, Cesaro takes like this big gasp of air and comes to. I kind of like that as a spot. I think it's interesting. I don't think it should be overdone, but it almost makes you wonder if they're just going to draw this out. And maybe at SummerSlam, they'll give them the rub. Well, I think it's going to be a triple threat now because we already saw how it ended because the man with a bunch of different colored suits. Oh my God. That was Seth horrible. Rollins. What's this one? What did you say? It was like the Joker. No, I said it looked like the villain for, I don't remember his name from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it was. I think what he's doing though, is he's just going out and buying white suits and then just going, all right, let's see, what can I do with a bunch of paint? 
Maybe he's letting his kid do it. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> but he attacks Cesaro. But face off. he does a face-off with Roman, which it's like, oh, my God, please, please, please do not give me Roman and Seth Rollins. We've seen it. Even right. if it's reversed this time. But no one's going to cheer Seth Rollins. No one has for a while. So what if maybe at SummerSlam Cesaro pins Seth Rollins. Oh, okay. You didn't beat the tribal chief. And then you can work that down the road, which is funny because I would say, and then you can move on to hell in a cell, but never mind. They're doing that. Like next month, they moved that up for some weird reason that that's yeah, June last night, June 20th, I believe. Let's just get it out of the way. No one really cares about Hell in a Cell. Let's just move it along. Yep, not as but, much as we yeah, used to. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I was really hoping Cesaro was going to pull out the win last night, and he did not. But they got to do it at some point. You know, not everybody becomes a champ at all times, you know, that we want to. But I think, I think this week when we talk about bringing something to the table, that just may change. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I know you have to be excited as shit to be talking about this. Please go ahead, bring your segment to the table this week. What do you got? So, how long ago did Miro come into AEW? Who's Miro? Four, five minutes. <laughs> Four or five months exactly. ago? Exactly. Yeah, about that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Why didn't they just book him like this from the beginning? Or why didn't even they even do like the best man thing for like one, two weeks? Where Miro's like, yeah, I'll be your best man. I'll be your best man. And then Miro just turns on him and beats the shit out of him. Like they could have done that. But they had to wait for Kip Sabian to get hurt. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. They waited for Kip Sabian to get hurt. And then they're like, huh. All right. Well, we don't know what to do now. So we'll do the right thing. Um, But yeah, uh, you know. I'm not here to quibble about the match and, you know, how it went. I don't, you know, it was what it was that there's definitely some things we can point out the flaws to, but, uh, Miro is, Dude, you said four months. He may have, I think he's been there almost possibly like six to seven months, maybe more. Yeah. I'm guessing he was there when Brody Lee was still there. Hmm. Well then there you go. Just saying, I he's been there, there for a very long time, and this now you're just I'm finally saying. making him look like what he should have. Long, I'm sorry. I'm just I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, no, four months would have been only like what January. I'm like, no, he's been there a long time now. Actually, I'm like, this Kip Sabian shit's been going on for a while. Too but long. I apologize, please, sir. Talk about our new TNT champ. Yeah, booking him like a beast finally and just having him run through people. You know, again, I, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'll do it. The match could have been just been quicker. You know, Darby was already dealing with his injuries, and Miro was like triple his size. So Miro just running through him would have been understandable, especially if you're gonna if this is how you're going to book him. But let, let's hope that with this title on him and this new persona that we see him weekly, he runs through people, and we just build this beast. You know what I mean? It's funny you say Darby's injuries, and I'm like, well, what? I mean, you only got thrown down like some fucking concrete steps. Yeah, that's all. 
It's not like he. It's not like he went through a crash pad and dislocated his elbow. That sucks. <laughs> of all the things that actually happens, <laughs> maybe that's why he was winking to that one guy. He's like, "Hey, it looks real because I am actually hurt." Yeah. <laughs> Which we did learn this past week. Couple of things actually um, with dynamite. You know, before I I bring mine to the table, uh, one thing is that SCU they're done. They're no longer a tag team. I didn't even realize Scorpio Sky went full blown heel. I didn't know this. Yeah. Um, but not only that. Um. Oh. Oh. Hang on. We've proved that first. There is going to be a stadium stampede too, which is going to be Inner Circle and Pinnacle. We think, I don't know, depending on Jericho's elbow, does he have a substitute? We don't know. It'd be great if they had a substitute as someone who was released recently. That would just kind of be a, a cool thing or someone that, like Samoa Joe. Yeah, same. Anyway, when does that line up? What timing? When is he allowed to go somewhere? Oh, not till like July, right? Samoa no Joe. idea. No idea. He might not even have a no- Does he have a no compete? It's hard because there's so many releases. I can't keep them straight. I don't know who's got the clause and who doesn't. Agreed. Um, But not only that, so we may have that stadium stampede too. Uh, But we also learned that, you know, AEW are the kings of being original. They're doing, they Hmm. said, we are going to bring you original stuff. And not only did we get the Steve Austin beer bath in the form of the bubbly with the uh, inner circle spraying down the pinnacle with what looked like, you know, that thing that you spray yeah, the, the two uh, triggers and you spray the water into the clown's mouth and the mm-hmm. balloon pops at a carnival. That's exactly what it looked like Sammy Guevara was using when he was Pretty spraying. Much. It was kind of funny. And I just love how people just slip all over the ring when they can't stand up because water is hitting them. But anyway, secondly, the Bucks, they pull out the I'm sorry, I love you, just like Shawn Michaels did to Ric Flair in that Young Bucks SCU match. Which, by the way, did you see how fucking busted open uh, Christopher Daniels got in that match? Yeah, it was nasty. I guess if you're going to go out, that's the way to go out with your tag team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, yeah, a lot of new things that actually happened this week. But, you know, the biggest thing we learned is that they are fucking really original. But what I want to bring to the table is, you know, something that I I, I recently, while doing our Monday Night Wars, I'm seeing a lot of commercials for, you know, this weekend it's going to be, we're going to be in a Hartford Center. We're going to be here. We're going to be there. And it's usually Doc Hendricks telling you all this stuff, too. But... One thing that always says at the bottom is, you know, when they're like, and Bret Hart will be facing the Patriot, whatever it is. And at the bottom, it always says cards subject to change. If anybody has not ever been subject, no pun intended, to an actual change, I have. So when you see that, that means that they may just completely change whatever match they want to when they want to. Worst fucking thing possible. It was like the day after Christmas. I was like, I don't know, like 10, 11, 12, something like that. Nails. You remember Nails? Mm-hmm. The guy that beat the living piss out of Big Boss Man, the right? He's supposed to fight The Undertaker in the main event at the Rochester War Memorial. 
Taker comes out. I am jacked, dude. I'm so excited. And out comes Papa Shango. <laughs> Card subject to change. Just that's what I want to bring to the table. They can do anything they want when they want. But if you've never been to a if if you ever been to a show, you thought you're going to get a match and that changes. That's exactly what it is, and it sucks. I just when I saw that the other day, I go, well, that just brings me back. That's it. That's all I really to bring to the table today. All right. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> you want me to drag them outside? Beat the shit out of them? That's my wife. Does she know that? <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's that time to go back to May 20th, 1996. Party! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! All right. Well, you, you got something wrong already. It's actually May 19th we're going to start at. <laughs> yeah, so we're starting on Too Sunday. high. <laughs> too high. Too high? Too hard. Who gives a shit? It's gone. <laughs> They're going to blow it in the ninth. They yeah. will. <laughs> hey, if you guys can't figure this out, I'll at least say why this movie was picked. John Moxley's new theme. Ah, there you go. We'll go with that. Different version, though. But. Kinda. Well, yes. Yeah, different artist. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting on Sunday, May 19th, 1996. It's Slamboree 96 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We got Death the Broads on commentary with Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, and most of this pay per view is Battle Bowl. Uh, two rounds, uh, eliminator style, and uh, champion will be crowned Lord of the Rings. Lord Ring winning a ring for a tournament. Where have, have we seen that recently? I feel like we've seen that recently. Oh hmm. my God, they really have been moving <laughs> off of ECW left and right. Jesus. It's funny though. The name of it though, it, when they're like, in, the winner is the Lord of the Rings, and I was like. Like Gollum and shit. Like, or, I was like, holy shit. They were way ahead of their time, too. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, the books were written in the 30s, but that's a different story altogether. Um, well, I will say this. Never watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. But if you've ever watched Clerks 2, I think he does a pretty good job <laughs> describing. <laughs> All he did is just walk. I love that fucking scene. I just made some Lord of the Rings fan puke. <laughs> They would have went with the best ending. It would have been we just totally bricked right in his face. <laughs> now that's an academy. That's an academy award winning ending. 
Okay. They do obvious booking with this with this stuff. They're like all this stuff totally random. First match, Animal in Booker T versus Hawk in Luger. Oh wow, Animal and Hawk. What are the odds that two tag team partners will be against each other in the very first match? But it's a good match. Yeah, it was a solid match. It pretty much showed um God, I why the Road Warriors just their style. Like they obviously had yeah. heat with uh, Harlem Heat. Uh so, you know, Animal and Booker were already John Hawk got in and just went right after Booker T. Uh and the match just dev- devolved into a schmaz and it was a double count out. Uh but man, yeah, dude, fucking Hawk was just was just going after people. Uh, it was it LOD was could not help but back each other up. That was oh, yeah. that was kind of yep. a cool thing to see. That's I I because you go with the obvious. Okay, well it's every man for himself, and if they're gonna fight, they're gonna fight. We've seen it with like in the Royal Rumble with Demolition that time, things like that. You know what I mean? Like where guys will fight each other. These guys couldn't help but back each other up, and I I kind of thought that was a really cool thing to happen. You know, you get the double count out. But you know what else we got in this match? I never in I swear to God, I, I I remembered watching Harlem Heat back in my day, man. But I didn't think that the Spinner Rooney was created until like I don't know, like when he was a singles wrestler. He did it in this match, and I wrote Spin yeah. a fucking Rooney. I go, how about that? Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, that's really about it. I did notice, uh, you know, this is, uh, you get your first glimpse at the, uh, Ric Flair's VIP section is set up again at ringside. So they're running yep. with that again. So let's keep that in mind. Yep. And then next we got, uh, public enemy versus Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit. Wow. What are the <laughs> odds again? Um, I laughed extremely hard because uh, do, do you know where I'm going? Is it is it something about the brain? Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan? No. Okay. Well, this is a good one. Uh, on commentary, Tony Schiavone asks uh, the brain, he goes, do you even know what a plunder is, brain? And he goes, yeah, it's what you put in the bowl. And he goes, oh, my God, no, that's a plunger. <laughs> Good form. But, uh, yeah, um, Benoit, he actually saves Sullivan from going through a table. Later, Sullivan moves so that Benoit can actually go through the table. And public enemy gets the win. So, obviously, we're seeing the huge dissension already between Sullivan and Chris Benoit, which will maybe even carry into Nitro. We'll talk about that. But, anyway, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it was odd. I'm not, you know, I don't think this is a big uh, surprise. I'm not a huge fan of Public Enemy. Uh, nope. so I was kind of hoping that Sullivan and Benoit would win at least the first round so I didn't have to see Public Enemy again. Right. Rock is okay. Rock is okay. Uh, the one funny part was uh, Benoit, you know, knocked down Rock, stood over him, and started doing the Cabbage Patch, which seeing Benoit do the Cabbage Patch was pretty goddamn hilarious. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, the, the one thing I did notice is instead of using folding chairs in this match, they were using, like, the plastic molded chairs. 
Dude, Kevin Sullivan just fucking pulled a Sammy Guevara and just launched that thing at one of the guys on Public Enemy. I don't remember who it was, but I actually I think both guys. But yeah, it was pretty fucking brutal. It's like, I don't you really want to throw that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I that was a very stiff throw. Yeah. The next match, I'm still fucking scratching my head, to be honest with you. I don't understand this here, but um Yeah. We had Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long and uh, Scott Steiner versus Ha huh, Holy shit, you gotta be kidding me. Rick Steiner and Brutus the fucking booty man beefcake. <laughs> the booty man. The booty man. Um I, I will say that uh the best line again goes to your man, my man, Bobby the Brain Heenan. When talk when Scott and Rick are in the ring, they're actually going at it, doing a little bit of uh, of wrestling. And he goes, Yeah, Scott, he wore his brother's hand me downs. Rick wore his mother's uh beautiful dress. Yeah, his mother's beautiful dress. So I I don't. Okay. Bobby. So that's all I have written down. Not sure why it went with that, but yeah. But no, right. wasn't there he a thing? Downs, wasn't there his, a th- his mother's beautiful dress? Wasn't there What's like that? a wasn't there like a segment or something where Rick was in a dress? I think he's referencing something. It could just be the chicken nuggets. I don't know. Hmm. Could be. Uh, Rick Rick took a nasty, nasty German suplex from uh, Pittman, landed right on his fucking heed. He's heed. <laughs> but is knocked out as he is, him and Booty Man take the win in this match. The next match, again, I, I keep choosing the wrong team that I was thinking was going to win each match. I got to be honest with you. Um, this one, I was wrong again as... Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and VK Wall Street. So basically two former WWF wrestlers taking on Regal and Dave Taylor, the Blue Bloods. I'm like, all right, well, the Blue Bloods, you're a tag team. You'll go on. You let Public Enemy go on. Nope. Duggan with his taped fist, and they go on to the next round. I don't want to have to play the stupid bumper, but, you know. Anyway. (laughs) The next round, this was a very just old school. I love watching these two guys. Dirty Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton versus Alex Wright and Disco Inferno. I have written down it was an old school win. Do you want to talk about how this match went? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got the team of Dirty Dick Slater and, and Bobby Eaton. I mean, that's, you know, that that's old school right there, right? Uh, yep. And it was a pretty much straight up. And I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Alex Wright luckily got to do some stuff. Uh, he was obviously the more competent on his team. Uh, the other was just the heel that you could beat up and embarrass. Here are my notes. Note number one, Ugh. Right. That was from seeing Disco Inferno. Uh, number two, Colonel Parker strikes ref. Slater takes off boot clocks Disco for the win. And number three, thank God that was quick. Yep. Very quick. It was like six minutes or less. It was that's That was at least a good thing for that one. Uh, the next match, you have Barbarian and th- the last-minute entrant, as we told you last week, DDP, into this uh, Battle Bowl or the Lord of the Rings match uh, or tournament here. And 
DDP and Barbarian are going to be taking on Ming and Hugh Morris. I know, Hugh Morris, your favorite. My favorite. All time. And we had an odd double pin, but the win goes to Barbarian and DDP. Best part, best part of the match, obviously, was when the Faces of Fear, they faced off with each other, and yep. they had no problem beating the living shit out of each other. Yep, they're brutes. So they knew they had a job yep. to do, and they just went after it, and uh, they were fine afterwards. So, yeah, absolutely. It yeah, was fine, a- because the next night, didn't they? They were on Nitro the very next night. So. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a sloppy match. Uh, just another one that was just a time killer, I guess. It's what happens when you say, oh, let's just start throwing teams together who's never tagged together before. Yeah. A lot of these matches are sloppy. Well, you know, but- I watched this just before you, and you said, what was your grade on it? And, man, I was like, C, C plus, D, no, B minus, I'm like, you know, the more I keep looking at it, I'm like, it was just a sloppy-ish pay-per-view because things are just thrown together because you're trying to get to the main event, but you're right. losing your crowd along the way. I feel like people were just there, like, going through the motions. You could have done a lot of this at house shows on the build-up. Exactly. Kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, when you have the, your King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Yep. Would it, exactly. Absolutely. Um, the next match, another odd one, but the, the right team one. But you had Big Bubba Rogers and Stevie Ray taking on Fire and Ice which is Scott Norton and Ice Train. Those guys, I love. They're just I forgot about how much I love those two behemoths. They were just awesome together, man. Like just two stiff workers. I mean, and I've always loved watching Scott Norton because he he did a lot in Japan, you know, in, in his later years, so he's a great worker. Um, but this was a pretty decently long match. I would say almost like 10 minutes. Yeah, a little too long. This was another one. It just was eh. uh, Big Bubba's in Dungeon of Doom at this time. I forgot all about that. I did, too. Didn't even until he came out. I go, huh? No kidding. Right. But everyone was really just waiting and waiting and waiting for the last match of the first rounds because everybody wanted to see it, which was Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson taking on the feuding Ric Flair and Macho Man Randy Savage. I was like, well, how are we really going to do this? I, I really is aren't going to go against Flair and God damn it. One of the best DDTs in the game. I forgot how well Arnett. I mean, like I always, we always talk about Jake Roberts's DDT, but I forgot how well Arn could do it because I always credit him with the spine buster, but sure plants Eddie Guerrero for Savage and Flair to go on to the next round. Um, and then they have a post match beat down on uh, Macho Man, and, you know, kind of going on from there. Please, please, please. I, I can't wait to hear you talk about the next segment, please. Oh, God. Dirty Mean Gene. Okay, well, uh, so yeah, they uh, so they are doing random drawing, random, random drawings yeah. for the round two matchups for Battle Bowl, and Mean Gene is with three Hooters girls, Angela, Melissa, and I'm sorry, my love, but I'm looking at your name tag, Kim. I loved him. 
These I, ones didn't look as I, uncomfortable as the other ones when he was pulling names uh, for the actual matchups. But uh, these were paid whores. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. Uh, so a bunch we get a whores running around. <laughs> we did that one already. I know. <laughs> We get a buy for Fire and Ice. They're going to go directly to Battle Bowl, and uh, not one of the matchups is going to be Dirty Dick Slater and the Earl of Eaton versus Jim Dugan, Duggan, whatever, and VK Wall Street. So, but yeah, it was it was hilarious. Uh, the Hooters girls, uh, and it's not the last we'll see of them. The the tuned up lace bra has ruffled underwire cups, creating a curvier U. Matching crotchless panties are also available. <laughs> Sometimes when you got to throw a ball, you got to just repeat things you read, man. Yeah. Hey, if you can hit it, you can rename it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll call it the masturbator. masturbator. <laughs> it's the Terminator, the Eliminator. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call it the masturbator. <laughs> his, his shimmy here drives the women wild next time he comes in town. It makes the women here puke. <laughs> Uh, up next, we get a cruiserweight title match. Dean Malenko uh, defends and retains against Brad Armstrong. Eh, it was an all right match. I mean, I, believe it or not, actually probably one of the best matches so far in the entire card because everything else was just kind of thrown together and sloppy to get to the second round. So, so far, this is actually one of the best matches that we've gotten uh, at Slambury 96 so far. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, Brad Armstrong, uh, son of Bullet Bob and brother to yep. the Road Dog. Um, yep. Yeah, who was it? Somebody said, uh, fuck, maybe it was Jim Ross or somebody said, like quite possibly one of the most underrated wrestlers at that time. Uh, he, yeah, he didn't get a lot of screen time, but uh, fairly proficient. This was very slow for a cruiserweight match. Um, one of my Heenan lines from the night was, uh, you know, they're referencing the cruiserweight division and they're you know bringing up names like Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. And Heenan goes, psychosis, isn't that the dry skin you get on your elbow? <laughs> so there's that. Uh, they did show. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, I feel like he was just completely <laughs> uncensored. As, uh, as long as they're like, hey, just don't drop any F-bombs. Oh. I mean, minus the Pillman one. Well, but, well, like, as long. Yeah, yeah. He's not that bad. I, I Lal- love him. Lawler. We'll get to Lawler later. Because uh, he True. had some things to say uh, on Raw. But, uh, yeah, they did show the Spanish commentary desk, and uh, Pedro Morales was doing uh, the announcing for the Spanish announce booth. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't even know that. Yep. But then we get a another chilling promo. Blood runs cold. Blood runs cold. Mortal Kombat. We'll see what <laughs> happens. And, um, you know, they explain also that the Lord of the Ring is basically like a, a money-in-the-bank contract. Number one contender um, you know. kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and in the next round, now we have Duggan and Wall Street taking on Robert Eaton and Dirty Dick, and they do it again. This I was happy about. I was like, thank you. Let the heels win. I'm okay with this. I like this one. Um, nothing fancy about this match, but... I will say, as I was watching it, all pros, all of them, all just veteran workers. I mean, no botches, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, 
putting those four together, it was just the match was what it was supposed to be. It wasn't going to be anything spectacular, but it was a good match. It was one of the better tag team matches, actually, of the entire night. Yeah, it made sense because uh, Eaton hits the roll-up after a Dugan Clock's uh, VK Wall Street. Who the fuck is Dugan? That's I know. Jimmy Dugan. I think it's Jimmy week. Dugan. I keep thinking Jimmy Dugan. That's how I say it. Duggan. <laughs> Duggan. I'll have to start spelling it phonetically in my notes. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely was solid. There was my favorite part of the match was actually not the match itself. It was Dusty Rhodes talking about being on all fours in the referee's position. And you just hear commentary go dead for like three seconds. And then you hear him chuckling because they just yep. ran. It just, they, they lost control there for a second. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Kind of like this show. Yeah. Well, you know, we're equally as funny. <laughs> the next match, I was it a match. No. Technically? No. Didn't think so. I have it as Public Enemy versus Flair and Macho, and it just is circled, and it says, no match. Yeah. Why is there no match? Well, there's no match because, excuse me, uh, basically, Flair, you know, they did the opposite of what they did the first time around, where Macho's music hits, and he doesn't come to the ring this time. Flair's music hits. Him, woman, and Liz are coming down. And what I got to say is that this next, if nothing else, this this next part was the madness of it all made it work. Basically, Liz, Liz is walking, you know, towards the camera, towards the ring, and you see her turn around, and all of a sudden she kind of just points, and she fucking powders. And here comes Macho Man like a fucking cannon shot out. Almost knocks woman on her ass. And just goes after Flair. And then you can see security start to swarm. And you see woman, like, it's so fucking hilarious to see her just, like, scurry. Like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. And um, they had had a schmoz. Flair, at one point, uh, you know, he kind of powdered, too. And once all security had Macho Man tied up, he came in and threw a punch. And I think he clocked one of the security guards, like, with an errant punch. Uh, Like, maybe he just grazed him or something. But... Yeah, th- that's pretty much it. And PE win by default. So, hooray. Dude, you said like how he shot out of a cannon. Nobody can come out of a gorilla position or whatever positions considered at whatever promotion at full-blown sprint the way that Macho Man can. Nobody. Yeah, he went I mean, full the way tilt. he comes running, dude. I mean, that's not the first time I've seen him do it. It's obviously, you know, one of many, but that was like, you're right, dude. Like, he, if you were in his way, you were done. <laughs> Absolutely. The one part, uh, Heenan had another, not one of his most quick-witted responses ever, but they're showing the crowd, and they show this guy. And remember those, like, muscle shirts that people would wear back in the day? It was almost like a sweatshirt, but, you know, the hem was cut off around the neck, and the sleeves were cut off, and it was cut short yep. so you could see the midriff. But it was a WCW one, and they show it, and Heenan just goes, nice shirt. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch that. That's awesome. I made sure to write it down because it was it was out of context. There was no context. It was just an off the cuff nice shirt. It's fucking great. Oh man, he was in rare form for. Uh, oh, he had to be man. It was a long night. night. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, two nights in a row. Um, in the next match. DDP and Barbarian go over Booty Man and Rick Steiner. That not not a good match at all, but you know, I I, I what put, happened? DDP and Barbarian won. Yeah, I put Booty Man's in ring work. No bueno. Yeah, 
he shouldn't have been in there in that tournament. There's so many other guys I would have rather seen. But this one actually threw me for a loop. Did you know that the U.S. champion at this time was Conan? Nope. Nope, me neither. He comes out and retains in a really good match over JTL, Jushin Thunder Liger. And that was a really good match. I just never knew that Conan was the, the U.S. champ. I remember him being... Uh, maybe I, I kind of remember it. I just didn't. I Either way, good yeah, uh, match. It was a well-needed match because it was the best match of the night. Yeah, I think because uh, on the back of Conan shorts was uh, tri- the AAA logo. So I don't know if he was mm-hmm. wrestling primarily there or if he was doing a lot of cross-promotional at that time. Because, uh, you know, they did. I mean, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis were from AAA, too. So they obviously sure. had that relationship there at that time. So uh, I thought it was hilarious. You had a, Mexic- a Mexican and a Japanese person fighting for the U.S. title. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I do I do have some, some things uh, I, I got to call out here. Uh, Mike Tanay was on commentary. Uh, he reminded me a lot of Excalibur. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I can see that. I get but, it. I get it. Um. Did you pay attention to Conan's haircut? Kind of? I don't know. Then, no, you, 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 you didn't. Uh, Tanay made mention that he is apparently playing Conan the Rapper on some Mexican TV show. Uh, so he had, you know, his haircut was modeled after that. Um, it, was, huh. it was a K here, a K here, and a K here. Oh, yes. I, yeah. Three Ks. Do you remember that? Shaved into his head. Oh my god! I just want to. I just. I. I want to clarify this because I had to stop it a couple times and I pause it and look I, at it. I think maybe when I saw it on the one side, assumed that later on that was just the same one. I don't think I realized it was on every side, or at least I didn't catch the one in the back or whatever. I, I stopped. I don't think I realized that there was trace. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had three K shaved into his head. Now they weren't right next to each other, but oh, <sighs> take over ODM. I'm in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have Rick Flair in an interview with Mongo, and he's in Flair lays down the challenge. Him and Arn Anderson versus Mongo and anybody he wants. And who does he get? Carolina Panthers uh, linebacker, Kevin Green. And I think a couple weeks ago I may have said Packers, uh, but Carolina Panthers and was just recently in the Super Bowl the year before. So this is kind of a, a big deal, and yep. that is who he picks. And the match becomes official that at Great American Bash in one month's time, it's going to be the Horsemen. Arn Anderson and Ric Flair taking on Mongo and Kevin Green. We'll definitely talk more about that very soon because Nitro was just filled with so much <laughs> of that. Uh, but we finally get to the eight-man Lord of the Ring match. We have Scott Norton, Ice Train, Dirty Dick, Robert Eaton, Grunge, Rock, because, you know, they fucking belong there. Mm. DDP and Barbarian. And the winner. Now, I have it written just like this. The winner, the Lord of the Ring winner, 
is that he he went through pinning everybody after hitting everybody with a diamond cutter, and then the last one was to finish off on Barbarian. DDP, the man that wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament, wins the Battle Bowl Lord of the Ring tournament. So is that is that how I have it written right? Did he go through diamond cutting everybody and then just pinned everybody right after? Yeah, so he came down to Grunge, Barbarian, Ice Train, and DDP. DDP hits a diamond cutter on all three of them. He pins Ice Train, then he pin, pins Grunge. Then he goes to pin Barbarian, but he kicks out. Um, Barbarian hits DDP with a tombstone, and he kicks out, which I don't know. That's a yeah. big deal to me. Uh, but anyway, and then he kicks out of a power bomb, uh, and then he's able to hit a, another diamond cutter on Barbarian, and he gets the pin there. So, so yeah. 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 It- they're looking to finally push DDP, okay? yeah. which is funny for how much shit they talk about him on the, the mic. They're like, hey, he was nothing before. He was like a homeless man. He was a gas station attendant. They were just they, they shit yeah, on him a lot. And pretty much. It's, but I'm like, is that the, <laughs> the goal? <laughs> Make everybody hate him so much that they, he's just that awesome or something? It's just, I don't know. It, it's just a weird thing that how they present him. Yeah, it was almost supposed to be like it was a... Uh... You know, uh, the come from nothing story, uh, but it didn't okay. come across that way. It didn't come across that way. I almost I, I do remember it the more I'm watching it now. But most people, when you say, hey, give me, a, you know, kind of like a mannerism of Steve Austin, people, middle fingers, put their arms in the air, right? Whatever. Yeah. If I said DDP, you're going to generally go bang. Man, I forgot how much back in the day DDP used to do one arm in, one arm out, like the whoa. Yeah, kind of thing. they did do that a and, lot. Yeah. And I was watching, I go, oh, I forgot. And I go, and as soon as I kept seeing him do it, I go, oh, shit, I do remember this. He used to wear a lot of pink. I think all my mind registers only as far back as when he wore the blue. You know, and he finally like goes into like jeans and has the, the feud with Savage, all that shit. Right. I forgot about this year where he's wearing all this stuff and his hair's teased to the moon. But we have our world title match. It says that we we have uh, Sting versus the Giant, and the big logo screen says U.S. title. I'm not sure if you caught that. No, I didn't. Yep, thought that was great. Um, Luger comes out with Sting, and I got myself jacked up because Michael fucking Buffer introduces this match. It was awesome. And Randy Anderson is the the ref, which is. I brought that up because we recently just talked about him. Well, Pee Wee Anderson. Let's get ready to rumble. Take us through this match. What happened? Yeah, so uh, Luger, uh, part of the stipulation, excuse me, I need to refresh in my drink here. Uh, Luger <laughs> and Hart are going to be handcuffed to each other. All right, and that obviously will play into That's the That's Jimmy Hart, by the way. Yeah, Jimmy Hart, thank you. Mouth of the South. Uh, James Hart. They they start off basically by just showing how massive the giant is. Sting goes for a crossbody, bounces right off the giant. Um, uh, Sting jumps on giant's back, puts on a sleeper hold, and there's a massive pop when he did that. It was insane. It was right at the beginning of the match too, just to show you how over Sting is. Um, l- during the whole match, Luger, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Luger's just dragging Jimmy Hart around the ring, and it's hilarious to see Jimmy Hart's reaction. Uh, you know, to just being dragged around. Uh, eventually, they like spill a little out. like blow up doll. The way he's just being like dragged yeah. around, like because Luger's like 
three times the size. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they end up outside the ring and they head over to the VIP section uh, where Giant's going to choke slam him again. But Luger has Jimmy Hart uh, splayed out on the table. So he stops the choke slam. Um, they get back in the ring. There's a ref bump. Sting accidentally elbows the ref. Uh, Giant is laying across the top turnbuckle and uh, Stinger hits a splash. Um, Luger ends up coming like on the uh, the apron uh, and Giant has Luger by the neck and Sting hits three more splashes. Uh, now they have Hart uh, laid out on the top. Sting's going to go for a splash. Hart rolls down and Sting hits you know, uh, the pole, and he, he gets knocked down, and commentary is playing it up is that Luger pulled him down. Screwed him. Which it yeah. really wasn't. Hart, you can see that, and whether that was booked that way or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, so Sting actually is able to get the Scorpion Deathlock on, and this spot I just hated because it was contrived and it was shoehorned in. You've got Hart, uh, Jimmy Hart and Luger are on the apron. They're fighting over the megaphone, and it, like, slips out of their hands and hits Sting in the head during the... Uh, the Deathlock and Giants able to get the choke slam on one, two, three, and retains. Um, so you know, and and I do like Heenan brought this up because they're saying, well, it slipped, it slipped out of you know his hands were probably oily or something, and Sting and uh, Heenan's like, you're gonna tell me that Lex Luger is wrestling a megaphone out of Jimmy Hart's hands and he can't just pull it out of his hands. I, at least he played that up. So, I mean, that was a good work by you. Thank you for playing logic into it sometimes. I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. it, we have to look at real logic. It's like when you see, like, Rey Mysterio beat the giant. You're like, <laughs> right. fuck on. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, for that exact reason right there. Um, real screwy finish, especially just to finish the whole pay-per-view. I was like, I would have rather you ended it with DDP winning the thing. I'm like, that's how we're going off the air is this right here. This was... Your world title match. It was just a real screwy finish, but, you know, I guess we'll see where it carries us into Monday Nitro. And generally, I say let's go raw into Nitro, but since we're already talking the WCW brand and it's fresh in our minds, let's run down Nitro. What happened? All right. So uh, we've got a 90-minute Nitro as our post Slambery show. The NBA. Yep. So uh, we're back to, well, it's uh, just Bischoff and Heenan on commentary because Mongo's in training uh, with mm-hmm. Kevin Green for the Flair and Arn Anderson match. Uh, you know, they, do, they, they give the whole recap of what happened. Uh, you know, they go over that the match is officially as of like 11 a.m. has been signed for the Great American Bash. Uh, so our first match is Fire and Ice versus the Steiner Brothers. Um, there's a nice overhead belly-to-belly on Ice Train. Uh, that's impressive. I know, you know, the Steiners are obviously very strong, so it's not that surprising. Uh, but the form was there, and, and you know, uh, Ice Train took the move great. Um, ended up as a Schmaza double countout. Uh, I guess at this point, you know, you're really trying to put over Fire and Ice, so you don't want them to take a pin, and this is the lazy way to do it. So wasn't really much of a match, but... You know, I actually... You say lazy, I say smart booking because it kept both teams strong, and you wanted to make Fire and Ice contenders like the fact they were never tag team champions still blows my mind that that was a good size team i mean that's better than oh yeah most teams that are out there right and i wrote in this tag team later on tag team man wcw were pretty invested in their tag teams i mean look at every week when we sit here and talk about nitro you got harlem heat steiners fire and ice we've had uh what was it i 
couple of weeks back. Um, either way, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got public enemy. Really you got the road warriors. You got the faces exactly. of fear. It, very, very invested in it. And at this point, what's WWE producing each week? Maybe the body Donnas at best. Yeah. So I, this is one of the things I, I got to give WCW a lot of credit for, man. They really were presenting tag teams and not only just quick matches. Most of these tag team matches go at least a segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, double count out. I liked it because you were keeping both teams strong, making them both contenders. Because right now your tag champs are Sting and Luger. Can only last for so long, right? So who's right. the next team to take over? There you go. And then uh, in a, a redemption match because Arn Anderson planted that nice little DDT on Eddie Guerrero the night before. We get Ric Flair versus Eddie Guerrero. And this shit just gets better and better each week, nostalgia wise. I was like, I didn't I didn't know they actually had matches that long or that early in the his career. And you know, this is long before Lying, cheating, and stealing. Flair is the bad guy. Eddie's the the face in this match. Awesome back and forth match. What do you think? Oh, it was it was a. They gave this match time. Flair yeah. Flair put Eddie over the entire match. Um, you could tell that they were using this as a showcase for Eddie. There, there's no other reason this would have happened. This match went long. And Eddie got a lot of shit in. Uh, Guerrero actually put Flair in the figure four at one point, which was pretty fucking cool. Um, he Guerrero- had a great Hurricane Rana on him, and Flair sold that shit. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think I've ever seen him take one. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like I right. Yeah, Guerrero. I he had to wait all the way to WWE to take one of those. But <laughs> no, man, he actually was taking it from Eddie. Uh, Guerrero hit a frog splash, but had to sell the knee, uh, which was good. So he couldn't make the pin. And, you know, ultimately Flair gets the figure four and woman helps him with the leverage. Uh, and Eddie taps out. Actually, no, you know, it was cool. Uh, Eddie didn't tap. He got pinned. He was just stayed flat, flat on his back. And yeah, so During that's a cool spot. Four, which never happens. We, never happens. Yeah. We never see that. WWE did it at two manias ago. I think, I think really? you and I, I th- maybe not at Mania. We we talked about it. It's on one of the episodes. Yeah, are you we, sure we, it wasn't WrestleMania backlash? <laughs> I'm pretty, backlash. Yeah, I, I'm I'm positive on that one. But uh, um, no, I love that he as soon as he came down from the frog splash, he hurt his knee, and it goes. I mean, Flair worked that knee the entire match, so it was awesome. It was a great selling point. Again, makes Guerrero look strong by taking the pin, not tapping out. Oh man, can we talk about he just. He just gets better and better each week, man. Here we go, baby Ric Flair. What notes do you have? I have plenty. I actually didn't write too much down. I figured you were going to go with this. Uh, the only thing that I wrote there, back at the VIP section, woman is still all over Mean Gene. It is fucking yep. great. Liz looked a little uncomfortable with a Flair hook in her arm. Um he had her almost like a weird high arm. Like, I feel like he should have lowered her arm or something. It was like an like, uncomfortable position, yes, if anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But she was still selling, you know, but yeah. Uh, okay, I got some lines. And uh, do I Should I do it with the uh, flare voice? I'll leave it to you. If, you. if it's that bad, I'll stop you. Savage, I'm teaching your wife a new way of life. Woo! <laughs> and then... Mongo's wife follows me around like I owe her money. 
Jesus Christ, even Liz smiled at that one. (laughs) Oh, it was amazing. Then he's on commentary. Oh, God, they moved the VIP section to commentary. He takes his VIP shit to commentary (laughs) because Mongo's not there, so he could take over. And then he says, don't worry, after I beat them. Later on in the the next match, he says this, but I'm just remembering it. He goes, after that, he goes, I'm going to be taking over for the position in the Carolina Panthers for Kevin Green. He goes, Bischoff, he goes, you're going to have trouble booking me on Monday nights coming up soon. I was like, God damn, this was really good shit. I actually really like this whole thing. But the the line he says, as him and the ladies get up there, woman and, and Liz, he goes, Bobby, you could touch the girls. Bischoff, hands off. At that exact moment, Bobby Heenan is trying to light the candles. He goes, <laughs> this is going to be a good night. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He just starts lighting the candles, and then he asks Liz for a glass so he can get some champagne. Oh, it was great. <sighs> the, this shit was really... If I haven't been saying it, I'm pretty sure we could probably say it in the last couple of weeks. They're focusing way too much in WWE on Shawn Michaels and this sex scandal bullshit. Yeah. Nitro's killing them they're with great matches. And honestly, Flair's comedy is all that's what you need. That's you have it, a great mix of everything. He's just juice, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the next match. Oh, did you think we were going to get new tag champs? No. I did, but that's just because I wanted it to happen. Sting and Luger defend their tag team championships against the Faces of Fear. I thought maybe coming off of last night at Slamboree, maybe that, you know, you screwed me over, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Maybe somehow the Faces of Fear would eventually take that, so... No, they actually end up retaining the titles, but it was a good match. I, it was, I was very yeah. impressed. It was a solid match. Uh, a really cool avalanche overhead belly-to-belly spot. That was really cool. Uh, another defunct spot. Uh, Sting keeping Haku at bay while Luger got the pin. Yes. You, you just don't see uh, You it? get that every now and then. Every you know, now and someone again. someone tries to dive in. But, yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, it was just great to see Ming and Barbarian be treated like the monsters that they really were not being treated as in WWF. I mean, when they left there, they were jobbing out. I mean, I mean, ish. I mean, they were doing squash matches on superstars, which would make them, you know, look good. But then when they faced anybody in the big times, they always lost. Right. Here, they look like legit threats. So I just, I, I was very happy to watch this. That's why I really, really wanted the faces of fear to win the titles. And then we get our weekly Savage being prevented from going inside <laughs> to the building segment. And now he's being told that his employment, his contract, is being reviewed by the upper management in, in WCW. Savage goes, who? And he name drops Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and all these other names. And he said, the, in, of course, he still tries diving through the security guards and uh, but yeah, that is another weekly, you know, promo from Mr. OCD himself. One cool dude. <laughs> <sighs> and then the chilling promo, because let's write. It's another one. Winter's coming. I, uh, I wrote uh, after this one, I wrote, hope it pays off. <laughs> 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 
I'm getting excited. I think this is going to be a really big thing. He may be our next world champ. Uh, in the next match, not only did he fight for the cruiserweight title the night before, we get to see him again. Brad Armstrong, two nights in a row. This time he's taking on the winner of the Lord of the Rings, Gollum himself, DDP. And now I am not sure if Mean Gene got confused in the promo or I feel like Mean Gene botched what he said. But Gene gets in the ring and says, yes, you won last night. However, they show a picture of him, you know, doing those diamond cutters, but they also show DDP's one foot touching the floor on the outside. Right. But Mean Gene says, it's been under review because your foot was on the floor during the pin. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. So then that's why I was like, what? What did I miss the night before? And I go, I'm not going back to Slambury now. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I don't know. I'll ask Joe. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw, I noticed the same thing. I, I got confused. And I'm like, because the way, if you, if you had it on mute, you'd be like, oh, okay. He pinned that guy. He pinned that guy. And then you'd be like, oh, his foot hit the ground, right? You, you would, you, you would have understood it just fine without any words. But the way he said it made right. it a lot more confusing. Uh, yeah, man. And it was weird. Uh, this was a Gorilla Monsoon-esque decision, I would say. Uh, they're not reversing the decision uh, that he is the Lord of the Ring, but they're not giving him the championship match at Great American Bash. That's going to Luger. That pissed me off. I Same. actually wrote, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Bullshit. They go, this is how it's literally said. Mean Gene goes, you will not be getting that title match. <laughs> But it's being awarded to Lex Luger. I go, awarded? What did he do to win said award? Like, shouldn't he maybe at least, maybe he should try to fight DDP or something. But DDP barely, like, sells this thing. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. And then just puts his arms up for bang, does the woo hands thing again, and then just moves on. That was just a weird segment. He wins the Lord of the Rings, but they're not going to let him have the title match. Where they just like, yeah, we really can't put you in a main event of a, of a pay-per-view. Well, not yet, anyway. It's weird. Now, this part I don't get. I just don't get it. Will you explain it to me? Your main event title match. By the way, man, title matches a lot, man. I love it. They were using world title matches a lot because, okay, maybe it's not going to change every time, but that's how Giant won the title was against Ric Flair on a Nitro. So you're going to want to watch. You got tag title matches, you got the world title, but the giant defends against Arn Anderson. But why the hell is Kevin Sullivan with him? Can you explain this to me? I can. So you still got flaring commentary, and he's teasing that he knows why Taskmaster is there, and you're going to find out why. So basically, our, our, who is it, Jimmy Hart, you know, when he comes in the ring with the giant, goes over to Kevin Sullivan and is like, What the fuck, dude? You're part of the Dungeon of Doom. You know, why are you here? And you can hear Taskmaster tell Jimmy Hart, he goes, A. Arn Anderson kept his man of his word. He kept his word, and he helped me through the Pillman situation. Pillman. Oh, I thought I thought he was talking about the Benoit situation. I was. I thought yeah. it had to do with Benoit. No, okay. he said he says. I thought Pillman. that that's what they were hinting towards. Yeah. No, he he clear as day says Pillman, and he says I want to make sure that Arn gets a fair shot. Hmm. Interesting. Which so, he does. And uh, <laughs> can, I got to say, hey, Giant, 
you're a good man. You knew what you were doing. You can't kill Arn Anderson, man, at, at this <laughs> stage of the game. You know what I mean? That choke slam was the the nicest laydown I've ever seen. He had him up, and then Giant went down with him, and Giant's hand basically touched the mat before the back did. Like, he cushioned that. So it was like the softest choke slam I've ever seen. But you protected a veteran, a pro, a guy who's probably teaching you on a daily basis while you're there. So I just, it was just one of the nicest choke slams I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious because the whole match flares, you know, building this up. Oh, we got a plan. We got a plan. You don't know, but we got a plan. And then Giant just wins and Flair just leaves commentary. <laughs> yep. Fucking that was your plan. Hilarious. Good job. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the best part with the end of the show was Heenan grabbing the candlestick, the champagne, and fruit and food uh, so he could go to Flair's party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Him and Flair really are the best part of Nitro. So oh, that's yeah. how uh, Nitro goes off the air. Now we have Raw. Uh, you want to run down the, the list or you want me to? Uh, you can take this one. This is our go-home show for In Your House Beware of Dog. Oh, yeah. Which will be next week. That's, that's true. You have, this was, uh, they opened the show saying, last night in Madison Square Garden, we have some highlights for you. And I'm like, man, why would you put MSG on Sunday night if you have Raw? Like, never mind. All right, that's just me. I'm like, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of Madison Square Garden. I'm like, I would just rather see the garden than whatever little rinky-dink town we were in tonight. But anyway. Match or the opening match is Steve Austin taking on Mark Marrow, and Austin wins by disqualification because Savio Vega comes in with a, a Caribbean strap and starts whipping the shit out of Austin. So Austin wins by DQ, but this kind of pisses off Marrow as he is, uh, you know, he was trying to get a clean win over. Austin, and we are also gearing towards it's going to be Austin and Savio Vega in this strap match, as well as uh, this coming Sunday, and then Mark Marrow will be taking on Triple H. We get to see this uh, the their little video package about the Middle East and everything that they've gone through and the Gulf War and everything, and then they start showing how Ahmed Johnson is just huge over in Kuwait. And they have a 16-man tournament, and he becomes the first ever Kuwait uh, tournament champion or whatever they end up naming. I'm not sure if they, it was something like that. I, I may I had to pause it a couple times to make sure I got it right. Kuwaiti in a, oh my god, Kuwaiti Invitational International Tournament, which they did, I believe, do one or two years more after because if I'm not mistaken I want to say Brett or Austin won it because it was like they were the finals or something like that I believe mm. um like the following year we, uh, who knows we'll get there next year here we go um we do get a promo that starting next week see they're doing it right <laughs> they're gonna start the tournament for the king of the ring the qualifiers and next week we are gonna have said Kuwaiti invitational in international champion how well did i do it all right is that close yeah yeah hey, sure. ahmed johnson will be taking on the man they call vader and the ultimate warrior will be taking on gold dust next match we have savio vega versus the one two three kid 
never in my years of watching 123 Kid or X-Pac, Six, anything you want to call him, Sean Waltman, I've never seen him not wear the double arm singlet to the ring. He comes out just shorts only, and he's walking like he is going to have trouble walking through a doorway. Like, he, he has his arms, like, really, like, jacked up his shoulders. Like, he's standing extra weird for some weird reason. Like, he's trying to show me these ripped, I felt like. But at the same point, fucking looks jacked right now, too, as, as he's walking in. And probably one of the better shapes of his career, which is probably why WCW jumped on taking him. Rise a little bit of stock before he comes back to WWF later, obviously. But you have Savio Vega versus one, two, three kid, and Austin pays him back by coming in and hog tying Savio Vega and then putting a chauffeur's hat on him. Weird. I don't understand the chauffeur part. I'm not sure if it's a uh, kind of a uh, is it a race kind of thing. It's a st- it's a stipulation that's for the Caribbean strap match. If Vega loses, he has to be million dollar man chauffeur. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, are they, I'm like, are they trying to do something really pushing the border here? I'm like, (laughs) okay. All right. Now I got it. All right. All right. Thank you. So a million dollar Um, man's on commentary for this. And he says something that was kind of fucking crazy. He goes, one day Austin will be world champ. You can mark my words. Yep. Fucking crazy. He does does say it. And it's, it's no truer words for real. That's. You're hearing it right there from him. And I'm glad that he was paired with Austin. I feel like that was the best. I don't know. It kind of gave him an extra rub. So when he came in, he didn't just get lost in the shuffle like every other heel. Because Austin looks generic. Nothing, not, not shitting on him. But he, he did, yeah. Like a generic guy. So if Triple H isn't standing out really hard as a heel, what makes you stand out any higher? Oh, uh, you're with DiBiase? Shit. All right. Yeah. Just to me, I think that was the perfect rub. Absolutely, um, you guaranteed and, screen time, you know. Exactly. Um, and then they show you from the night before in Madison Square Garden, Henry Godwin and Hillbilly Jim. They're looking around for Phineas, and backstage they find him getting head from Sonny in the back room, apparently, or something, because she comes running out of the room, and Phineas just comes flying out afterwards. Whatever he was doing with her, she was trying to persuade old Phineas, P-I-G, Phineas Godwin, because, you know, she wants to retain the tag team titles later with Skip and Zip. Didn't work because at a house show in Madison Square Garden, we have new tag team champions in the Godwins. Kind of a cool moment. I don't think I, you know, I mean, we know that those guys are part of the BSK crew, right? You know, with right, uh, right. Taker. Just a cool moment to see that Henry Godwin wins tag team titles in Madison Square Garden. I go, well, that's kind of a cool thing, I guess. I mean, because if you're not going to win it on a pay per view or um, on TV, a house show in MSG is probably the next best thing you could ever want. I would think so. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, a promo where, dude, oh my God, the lighting in this was just redonkulous. So you have Undertaker is in a casket while Paul Bearer is kind of half interviewing him, and he's in there. It's, like, pitch black nearly. Like, you can't see shit. I think because there My was... The question a... is, was he actually in there because of what, what we're about to see? Yeah, I think there okay. was a trap door. Okay, well, 
because during the middle of this promo, all of a sudden, man, I forgot about this. I, all these things that when you see it, you're like, oh, that's when this happened. Mankind comes flying in and closes this casket up, ties it up with some cable wires, beats the living piss out of it with a steel pipe, and then knocks the whole thing over. I, it's just a great segment. I forgot like the the slow build with mankind in in Taker because this has nothing to do with anything because Goldust is facing Taker at the pay per view, not uh mankind, but mankind keeps coming in and fuck with him. So what's gonna happen this Sunday? Who knows? So the next promo we have we have in the ring, British Bulldog, Jim Cornette. Diana Smith, and the attorney Clarence Mason. I forgot about this guy. (laughs) And we have a restraining order that Michaels needs to stay at least 100 yards from Diana. Gorilla Monsoon comes to the ring, reads the paperwork, and complies and says, it's true, it is a real law-abiding thing. You really do have to leave. Uh, This uh, really is a thing that we can't have him near you. That but Michaels is supposed to be doing commentary, so he ends up putting Diana to the back so Shawn Michaels can come out. I have a feeling you want to say something about Jim Cornette, don't you? Oh, no, I don't. I mean, he heals it up great here. Uh, we got a big pop from that once Diana got ordered to leave the ringside area, which, uh, you know, was definitely It was cool. awesome. No, I was just, just going to say that damn dirty Diana. <laughs> I... But Cornette added the best thing when he goes, that's a, that's a real, uh, that's that's with real lawyers, not the kind of baboons you have to deal with. Like, <laughs> monsoon baboon. I was, or gorilla, I'm sorry, not monsoon, gorilla yeah, yeah, baboons. I was yeah. just, dude, Cornette's just awesome. I love, it was just cool to see him yelling at Gorilla Monsoon, you know? I was like, ah, just. Yeah, it's awesome. Gotcha in the feels because it's just good shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in our main event, now Shawn Michaels comes out on commentary all night. Lawler has been teasing, I have a bombshell, a bombshell for all you folks. I actually forgot. When he said what the bombshell was, I go, that's how they presented this. Okay. Yeah, right. Um, So the match, our main event for the night is British Bulldog versus Jake the Snake Roberts. I would give this match a negative five stars if that is such a thing. It was all rest holds because the whole thing was based around the commentary. They didn't give a fuck about the match to the point where they went off the air and the match never even fucking finished. Yep. Yep. Okay. So Lawler claims that HBK earlier that morning posed posed for Playgirl. And he said, you know what, King? I did. I got nothing to hide. Lawler, obviously not if you're in that kind of magazine. (laughs) God damn Lawler. Um, So I want to get something straight here. Dirty Diana can't be near Shawn Michaels, right? Within 100 yards. He can't come up to her. But she legally can walk up to him? I guess so. Because now Dirty Diana walks down to the ringside, confronts Shawn, throws a drink in his face. Shawn, he's not one to hit a lady. (laughs) He hits old Corny. Knocks Jim Cornette on his ass. Bam! Bulldog hits HBK, and bam, we're just off the air. That was it. That was yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck just happened here? That was it? That's how you're going into your pay-per-view? That's... That was not. That did not sell me. No. 
Nitro had to get off of the air to get to a live NBA game. What the fuck were you guys getting off the air? And it, Silk and it, stockings? And it ended with Heenan gathering up a candelabra and fruit and champagne. <laughs> so that, that I was, that <laughs> was fucking hilarious. Horrible show from, from uh, Raw. I mean, the Vega... One two three kid and the Austin Marrow, both were just around just the Austin and uh, Savio Vega storyline. But at the same point, nothing really good happened. The tag team title win happened the night before, so who gives a fuck about that? The only good thing was Mankind beating the shit out of a casket. That was the only part out of this entire show that was good. Like I said, Roberts and Bulldog all rest holds. I couldn't believe how many wrestles. Actually, one of the weirdest things I saw, and I couldn't understand it, I thought possibly Jake was drunk. Jake punches Bulldog, and Jake fell down. Did well, you catch he that was one? Selling, he was selling the leg a lot. I know. Oh. It was just really funny, though. He punches Bulldog, and then he falls down. I was like, ah, well, God, you gotta we are not giving this a is, fuck about this, this match. This is a weird time, right? This is where he's kind of starting to find Jesus. And he's really at the end of his uh, run. Jesus. I, already I used like that him one. very much. <laughs> I know you used it, but come on, if you're going to bring it up again, I mean, shit. I know, right? Should have worked, worked that in a few more times, you know? <laughs> you put snot on the ball. <laughs> My age, I put anything on you can find. Someday you will, too. <laughs> Where'd you play? California penal system. How'd you get there? Stole a car. Oh, my God, the Jay Leno appearance in the second movie. Well, I mean, we've all been there, and I drove it through five states. The judge had a real problem with me, but uh, I just I love that whole scene. Wild thing, Rick, wild thing, baby. Well, you know what time it is, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... This week's top topic. You know something, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. The Rolex wearing one. Diamond ring wearing one. Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. One. Limousine right. One. Jet flying. One. Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know, they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com as always they do appreciate all feedback and continued support at the end of the day they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die and now this week's top topic my mom always said it's 
better to eat shit than to not eat at all. It's top topic time, and this week, we're going to actually get back to our roots. What I mean by that is if you go back to our teaser, you go back to some of our early lists, we, we didn't argue like we hated each other, but we disagreed a lot. You know, I mean, now we've come to just realize we both hate the same shit, so it's easy to just harp on th- on stuff like that. <laughs> Pretty much. This week, we have uh, we know that we're definitely not on the same page. We've admitted to each other ahead of time what it's going to be, but our top topic is the greatest wrestling match of all time. As you always hear, even in our disclaimer of. I uh, remember we're lifelong fans, all that shit. Well, let me let me say this. This is the greatest wrestling match of our time to- of all time in our opinions. You know, it, it's of course, you know, it's a very, very debatable subjective uh, topic. Yeah, I mean, we, really, and just to name a few here, here's the thing. You know, I, I know what mine is. You know what yours is. But for the fun of it, I wanted to see... Who else? What, what what's out there? What do other people think is the greatest of all time? And some of the matches you got are, you know, Flair versus Steamboat, Savage and Steamboat, obviously with WrestleMania three, um, even Savage Warrior. I mean, you got all these different matches, you know. But here's the difference, you know. What, what are you laughing at? You just, You're already laughing did, at me. Did you say Savage and Warrior? Yeah, their retirement oh, match at WrestleMania okay, 7 okay. actually comes just, up pretty I, popular. I just wanted to make sure I heard it right. Yeah, I, you did. It's not like... Yeah, anyway. But when it comes down to these matches, why is it the greatest of all time? You know, did it change your life? Did it change the lives of all wrestling fans? Or did it change the course of what we all like as wrestling fans, you know? So, you know, to, to me, it's what's been the very best and hasn't been beaten since, right? I mean, is that kind of what, what you would say is kind of the, the the easiest details of what this would be? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that can, you know, that factor in is did it change the course of history? Did it live up to uh, a storyline, you know, there, there's lots of different ways to look at it, lots of different criteria. Especially, you know, you're saying does it live up to the storyline or even the hype. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, everyone. I mean, most of these lists contained Savage and Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. It's a sure. very subjective answer, to be honest with you. I don't think, I, I, it's a good match. I don't think it's the greatest of all time, but so many people keep that in like the highest of regards and, you know, cause it did change the course for smaller wrestlers out there, but really overall, I'm like, yeah, it was, it was a good match and it's not my favorite of all time. Yeah. If you look at, just to show you how subjective it is, is if you go and just Google it and start looking at some lists, cause I like to look at lists to see where other people rank them. And it's very yeah, easy. Exactly. It, it, it's easy to know when you can dismiss somebody's list. And that's when they put the greatest wrestling match ever is Hogan versus Andre. It wasn't even the best match on that event. Yeah. You know, so that's true. That's very true. As soon as you scroll and you see number one, ah, no, we're done with this list. <laughs> um, 
We both agreed, though, you know, not only did we have our own personal pick, we actually came to an agreement as to what the honorable mention would be for this topic, for the greatest wrestling match of all time. We both agreed that it is from WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. But we actually did a watch-along version of that in our very first season. It's it's a good, it's a really really good match, close to great. Um, there's some botches in there, I think. That's kind of what we both agreed upon. There's a couple of yeah. flubs and things that kind of make it go. Uh, if it didn't have those, maybe it could have been. This was one of the very first times that the streak was really tested and it had, and I mean, really really strongly tested with a lot of near falls. Great match. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our greatest wrestling matches of all time. And ODM, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the honors, man. I want you to go first. I would love to hear you talk about your greatest wrestling match of all time, in your opinion. What did, what did you mumble under there? <laughs> I go, in your opinion. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Backlash. Um all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still in the mode of that. That's just too fucking funny. <laughs> well, it, yeah, man. Well, it's hilarious because my greatest match of all time is it's obviously it's a backlash match. It's Randy Orton versus Ginger Mahal. Um, no, obviously, I'm just kidding. That's just... wait. Is it the greatest <laughs> wrestling match ever, which was Edge no. and Randy Orton last year? It is not that at all, at all. Not even that's close. like calling your home run and getting thrown out at first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Sure. Yeah, it's kind I, of a baseball it, reference. Yeah, I, I, yeah, this was this was a tough one, but uh, you know, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, it's Okada and Omega, the two out of three falls match at Dominion. Uh, that was June 9th, twenty eighteen. Um, one of the reasons is I think that if you watch this from if you watch this feud from the beginning and don't know who these people are by the end, you'll be invested in care because long long-term story booking. Uh, it starts August 14th in 2016. Uh, Omega defeats Goto to win the G1 Climax and earns his shot at the championship at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know that, you know, maybe a year or two before that is when I started getting back into wrestling, you know, more full-time. Uh, and, you know, obviously it started with mostly, you know, WWE. It's the most accessible. Um, but as I started going deeper, I started learning more about new Japan and and definitely started learning more about Okada. Uh, at this time, I didn't really know a whole lot about Kenny Omega, but when that match was done, I wanted to learn more about Kenny Omega. Uh, he did like that 180 springboard moonsault to the crowd where he landed on Okada. They did the avalanche dragon suplex, um, you know, they kept teasing the one-winged angel. The way they kept teasing him hitting that finisher was so great. It kept you engaged because every time he went for it, you're like, oh, shit, he's going to hit it. And he never, he didn't hit it once. Uh, went about, what, 35, 40 minutes? And it was paced great, slow, uh, and then kept a good pace throughout. So they hook you there. They, they get you invested. And that's not the end. Um, and, and I think the way they played this was great because uh, at uh, Wrestling Dantaku, after defend, uh, Okada defended against Bad Luck Fail, and he nominates Omega at his, as his challenger for Dominion 
in Osaka. So we're on to match number two oh, now. I remember this match well, too. We're, that was a good one, too. We're, we're at match number two. The spot of the, the spot of spots, uh, in my opinion. Okada, these guys are battling. They're probably, at this point, 50 minutes into a 60-minute time limit match. This might have even been maybe around the 55-minute mark, minute mark. I don't know, but it was within the last 10 minutes. These guys are exhausted. They've thrown everything at each other. Omega has learned from the first time. He's brought his A game, and he's taken Okada to the limit. But he's out of juice. And... Okada goes for the Rainmaker. He pulls the Ripcord, and as he's pulling Omega in to hit him with that Lariat, Omega just drops. He's got nothing left. He can't even stand up, and he just drops, and Okada goes flying across the ring. What a beautiful, beautiful visual representation of a match taking its toll on the competitors. It's just a great visual moment. Uh, Eventually... uh, the match comes to an end and Okada's just crawling because at this point he's spent. He's still the more dominant guy, but he's got to crawl over and make that pin and he's a few seconds short and it's a 60-minute time limit draw. Drew a lot of heat. I was perfectly fine with it because you know what that means? They're going to go again. You can't end it like this. All right? So we're not even done. All right? The same year at the G1 Climax, uh, Omega fucking beats Okada to make it to the finals. He lost to Naito in the finals, but he beats Okada. Title's not on the line. This is just G1. And Omega gets over on him. So now you're like, motherfucker, he can take him. They plant the seed. They tell you he can take him. They show it to you. All right. So again, Okada beats Tanahashi at Wrestling Dontaku, uh, this time in 2018. And again, Picks Omega as his opponent. Uh, Okada suggests the match have no time limit, which is awesome because now they're telling you you're going to get a winner. And then Omega accepts and adds the two out of three false stipulation. At the time of the match, Okada has held the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for 720 days. A record. Rightfully so, too. And fucking they do the callback. They do the callback to the to the Rainmaker spot, but this time it's Okada. Okada drops, and fucking Omega does it. He does it. Uh, the Bucks come out to celebrate, uh, but Kota Ibushi comes out to celebrate too. Uh, so you got the reuniting there on top of it to just to show the celebration, uh, and the crowd loved it. The crowd fucking popped. I mean, so you're talking. August 14, 2016, Omega wins the G1 Climax to earn the shot. And then at Dominion in 2018 in June, he wins the title. Two years. Almost two full years of storytelling. And a feud. A hell of a feud. So, I mean, to me, that's why I, I chose this as mine. Uh, soup to nuts, everything's there, and just great hard-hitting, you know, engaging, edge-of-your-seat wrestling. Well-paced, just super enjoyable. Man, that's maybe tough to top, I'm not going to lie, um, <laughs> especially with all the, the information you got there. Um, I will say I, I liked Dominion 2016, 17. 
2017. And that's the one where he they went to the draw. Yeah. I didn't like that Cody was involved with the possible throwing, throwing in the, the towel. towel. So that yeah. one threw me off. I liked this one was just them. Plus, the beginning before Omega even comes out is you see him revamping himself and having to start from his roots and Kota Ibushi is the one there in that promo package with him. So it was it was a very, very awesome feel-good moment and the title was put on him at the right time, 100%. All right. So my <laughs> rebuttal is, allow me to retort, is going to be from 2004, Promotion is Ring of Honor. The match is CM Punk versus Samoa Joe 2. Aptly named Joe Punk 2. Take you back here. You know, you have your history that you brought in. I'll bring a little bit of mine. And, you know, Punk and Joe, they are pioneers of Ring of Honor. They have been there since the start, pretty much. And, and, for Punk, not many world title shots that he's actually had throughout his time there. He, throughout this time, has been a tag champ with Colt Cabana, the Second City Saints. Have they've had a lot of success with that. He's had a great run in other matches against Raven and guys like that. But now he's just making it to the world title picture. And in June, at a at a pay-per-view that's in Dayton, Ohio. They end up naming it later World Title Classic. Why do they name it that? Is because CM Punk is the very first man to take Samoa Joe to full limit and they go to a draw in Dayton, Ohio. No one's done that to Joe. Joe has pinned or submitted everybody that has been in front of him. He's on a huge, uh, huge championship reign right now. And they decide to do this again, one more time, in Chicago. Yes, we both know that is exactly where CM Punk is from. The pay-per-view itself opens up in just such a cool way. While the ring is being set up and, and vendors are being set up, it's daylight there. CM Punk is sitting in the corner of the ring, just has a beanie on. And he talks about World Title Classic, how... CM Punk, the immovable object, uh, took C- or took Samoa Joe, the unstoppable monster, to the limit. And he said, I, I, I have your number. And the thing is, Joe, is you can't beat me. And I believe I've talked about this before, but he, he said that the, the biggest thing is that you're in his hometown. You can't beat me in my hometown. And he said, you know, when I was a kid, I got my ass handed to me plenty of times. And he goes, but one time, this kid knocked on my door while I was eating dinner with my family, and he wanted to fight. And we scrapped, and we clawed, and he goes, and I didn't look pretty, but I won. And he goes, because you came to my house. You knocked on my door. You came to my front step. Joe, there ain't no fucking way that you're beating me here in Chicago tonight. Punk comes out. To yeah, the the song you kind of hear with our our song here, the uh, from AFI that you generally hear towards the end of our show. The crowd is just heated, and everybody is ready. This match 
in its 20 minutes, at the 20-minute mark, it's already such a hot match. Nobody is sitting. Everybody's on their feet in this place. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Mick Foley are both in the house watching this match. They're there. The commentators say, you know what? We're getting all of our promotional shit out of the way. We want to watch this match as fans too. And they start rattling off everything. You can go to ROH.com, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of this match. Because they just wanted to see how this goes. Because you can't beat Punk in his hometown. They went to a draw, right? Kind of like your Dominion match. The next one they went to, they said, well, let's not have a, a draw. Let's make sure we finish this match. You wouldn't have thought that they that these two guys would now have fought 120 minutes within about a four-month period in only two matches. They go to a draw in Chicago. This match, so now Joe is remembering that Punk is a, is a very well-conditioned athlete, so I got to get on his level. And what does Punk do in this match? Changes the game instead of, doing a lot more fast moves and running and hiding or things like that. This match, in in Joe Punk 2, he is working headlocks like crazy. Now, that sounds like a lot of stupid rest holds, but every time Joe throws him against the rope or goes to do a suplex to him, Punk is still holding his goddamn head and keeps giving him the headlock. Simple but awesome. It was such an awesome work how they did it. He's wearing him down. He almost gets him with the Pepsi plunge off the top rope at the very end. Almost takes the win. And um, one thing I don't like, I think, is that in the matches that they they go one minute remaining, thirty seconds remaining, and it's like. But then the wrestlers are shocked when it's five, four, three, two, one, and they and he's trying to crawl over, and he's like, "Oh, are you are you serious? Only two more seconds. I could have hit." You heard the guy, okay? You heard him. We all right. did. <laughs> um, but it's I never expected that that match would go to a draw as well. These guys did meet again one more time in December. Punk and Joe have both gone on record and said that they they weren't fans how fast they they were not fans of how fast um, Ring of Honor decided to just throw these out there. This trilogy. Because you could have extended it. Kind of like your Okada and Omega. That was a good feud, right? It went on. They did the slow burn. Within, yeah. yeah, and they did it all at once. And then it kind of, I think, lost its touch. Because by the time you got to the third match, which they said was no time limit. Here we go, right? We're finally there. All-star extravaganza. Joe knocks Punk out. Just repeatedly hits him with elbows until the referee does a stoppage at like 36 minutes. You weren't expecting it. It was cool. It was more of a, you know, because everybody's like, well, this one's got to go at least an hour, right? That's what I thought with Omega and Okada. I'm like, well, it's going to go at least a minimum of an hour because they said, well, 60 minutes isn't enough for us. So we need no time limit. Two out of three falls. 36 fucking minutes. Oh, all right. So it felt like it was just almost too anticlimactic, but they couldn't top Joe Punk 2. The match was just unbelievable. Just the storytelling in it. 
selling the injuries. I mean, and Punk selling injuries from the night before, wearing tape. I mean, and still selling injuries. It was just the match to me is absolutely uh, a test of two guys that neither should probably be a world champion wrestling in the eyes of someone like Vince McMahon, right? You got Joe, well, he's an overweight guy and he's not, you know, he's not beefy enough. And then you got Punk is just a scrawny little guy, a blonde little guy that, you know, looks like he's probably your ring crew for WWF or WWE, you know? So neither of these guys should be putting on the matches that they're doing and they did it with style Best hard-hitting match, I think, of all time. I mean, with great wrestling moves, stiffness, but also just the the storytelling to it as well. You know, like, you went to 60 minutes, so this has got to be the one, right? Oh, God damn you, we went to another 60 minutes. <laughs> you got me. But it, uh, that's why it's my favorite of all time. So, you know, this is the greatest wrestling match of all time debate. That's what our top topic is. And I think it's pretty fair to say that the end of the day, with both of us here, right? With my debate, your debate, your words, my words. It's enough said. Yeah, the man. debate's over. The greatest wrestling match of all time is from WrestleMania 13. It was Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Hands down. <laughs> it really is. I mean, here, we said this is our greatest wrestling match of all time to us, right? But. When we sat there debating it, this match kept coming up on both of our ends, too. Yep. It, it's, I mean, the double turn, and, and it's really the biggest launch that you'll ever have to really Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, that was the the biggest, best rub you could have ever had. The double turn, it's not been done properly like that since. Nothing like that. It was completely um, organic. All of it, yeah. It was, and it stole the show for a match that, was not even for a title, right? It was a submission yep. match, didn't pass out. The most vivid images of all time that we all remember are the blood. Yeah. And Shamrock is your ref. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How often do you have such a great match where you have a guest referee? Usually guest referee matches, not that great. Exactly. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, but that is, uh, we'll say, the top three greatest wrestling matches of all time. Four if you had that honorable <laughs> mention. <laughs> We are back next week. We are going to be reliving some Monday Night Wars. We are going to be talking about uh, NWA's good shit. He'll be bringing us a little uh, a little bit something next week. And, of course, we will have our movie of the week. And, you know, this week, if you are listening to us, of course, we appreciate it when you do subscribe, you like, and you share. And we appreciate if you're doing that on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be back next week. ODM's going to leave us, as he always does, with his movie quote of the week. And this week, he's doing it in the form of Doc Hendricks. Oh, you asshole. Oh, uh. <laughs> Hold on, let me get in the right headspace here for a second here. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, God, give me a second. Give me a second here. <laughs> I started to go into it like I can't. Like, I'm trying to. Is that you, Tolbert? 
Let me tell you something. You got to get on the phone quick because I'm hungover and my knees are killing me. And if you're going to pull this shit, the least you could have done is send you from the Yankees. It is the watch along. It's extra. It is time for Cesaro versus Roman Reigns is our watch along for WrestleMania backlash. And it is time for us to get excited. Right now, the promo is going on. Right now, we're seeing the Usos reuniting in the ring. ODM, it's not like we have to do a full-blown introduction or whatever. ODM has actually been watching most of the pay-per-view. You know, the problem is on the West Coast, man, it's only 6.30 here. So this thing started at like... Four in the afternoon, and I don't care that much about <laughs> WWE to really watch that shit that early. So, anything interesting been going on so far before we get into this match here? Yeah, man. Uh, show opened with Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte. That was a fucking fantastic banger of a match. Uh, you know, not to, spoiler alert, but uh, real Ripley retained. Uh, it was a great match, just a fantastic match. I can't say enough about it. Um, we'll talk Spoiler more about alert. it. Though. If you made it to this show, you know. <laughs> I know exactly. There you go. Um, so after that was uh, Dominic. Uh, so uh, Dominic Mysterio actually got jumped before the pay-per-view started by Rude and Ziggler uh, and wasn't cleared. So Mysterio went out and took them on by himself, raided. And uh, uh, as expected, eventually, Dominic came down and uh, the Mysterios ended up winning and they're the new tag team champions. A uh, great moment to see. First them. ever father son. Yep, absolutely. It was a great moment to watch. It was really good. Um, after that was a match with The Miz and Damian mm. Priest and Zombies. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Enough said. Bailey and Belair was solid. It was decent. I feel like I'm missing a match somewhere in there, but uh, and then there was the uh the triple threat for the WWE Championship. It was Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. Lashley retained as expected, and it wasn't that really that great of a match. Um, there is something that I did notice though when watching this, and I don't know if it's something you ever gave credence to, but it just struck me as funny. And I think it speaks a lot to WWE's mindset when it comes to production of their show. Zombies? Besides zombies. Besides the obvious. Um, why is there a barricade around the ring if there's no fans there? Man, am I the... Oh, <laughs> God, I'm so, this is why you and I are on a show together, man. I swear to God. Earlier today. Earlier today. So, all right. Why we're recording this right now. Cesaro. He's right now going to the ring. He's doing his punches. I'm so excited. We're here because we have hope for Cesaro. Four years ago, around this time, Jinder Mahal won the world title at Backlash. And we talked about it last week on our show, and I think that's what kind of almost triggered us to go, fuck, maybe we should record just in case Cesaro. They pull the trigger on him. Earlier today, I'm watching, and, and they have uh, uh, on YouTube the... History of Backlash, and they have some on the bump. They're interviewing guys. They interviewed Jinder Mahal, which is what really got me excited thinking. And they show Backlash and last year, and that was one of the very first things. They go, it's so quiet, and there's a barricade around the ring, and it's quiet as shit. <laughs> Why is there a barricade there? <laughs> it's 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 a really good uh, – how have we gone a whole year without talking I know. About I mean, you know, minus the, the occasional time where somebody gets thrown through it. What is the purpose of it? There's the barricade is there to keep fans out. 
and it's not used that much. Now there was a really good spot when they won that when the Mysterios won the title. Ray takes Dominic and Dominic does the frog splash, but Ray does a baseball slide outside to where Miz is and does a sunset flip into Miz. I completely the wrong person. My apologies to Dolph Ziggler. Uh, and does the baseball slide out of the <laughs> ring to the outside to Dolph Ziggler, sunset flip powerbomb into the barricade. Dope spot. Dope spot. Flawless. Um, but other than those rare occasional spots, you don't need it. But those are the types of moves that you get at WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> So we're just getting a weird promo backstage here where it looks like uh, Roman's basically saying to Jay Uso, I got it, Oofs. I don't need your help. And now he's got heading to the ring with just Paul Heyman. We get a very giant uh, blimp <laughs> picture of Roman Reigns hanging from the sky. God, they got to stop these yeah, things, man. I can't they're, they're deal with it bad. They're pretty bad. Needless to say. So one thing we've noticed, here's the deal. You know, for us to watch this with you guys, you know, it's it's not necessarily you're going to be able to, you know, three, two, one, go ahead and watch along. And why I say that, fuck the Pacock Network. Because, yo, I feel like there's been more freezing tonight than ever with the WWE Network. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm actually in a dead zone right now, so I have no idea what's going on. So hooray for... Peacock. Peacock. Hey, Dominic Mysterio still holding up the tag team title right now on his screen. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know what you're talking about. But no, Roman's on the I way see, to the I ring. I see CM Punk right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we may not be watching the same thing. <laughs> I'm watching WrestleMania Backlash. Look, man, all I want to say is the reason we decided to put this together tonight is on the off chance that Cesaro pulls the trigger. Well, it's not that he would pull the trigger. It's that WWE would officially pull the trigger and give him the title. And now my thing's just freezing more than ever. It's like a pitch black. It, yeah. Oh, Same here. Well, hey, at least we can talk. You know, I see you got your red solo cup. You know, we, oh, we're back. We've got chicken nuggets. You're back. I'm not, and I've got good internet too. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Could just be my piece of shit computer. Uh, that's that's true. You threw back many uh, many a chicken nugget today. Yeah, it, it's been a chicken nugget kind of day, and I had chicken wings for dinner. So what are we having for dinner? Chicken or chicken? Beautiful. <laughs> Took you a second there, huh? <laughs> uh, Tommy boy. Tommy boy. It took me a second. So what are we serving today? Chicken or chicken? Oh, hey. I see Roman Reigns. I'm like, wait, didn't we do this movie? Or are you like five minutes ahead of me? <laughs> I don't even know what. Dude, it's so frozen, man. Like right now I got Roman Reigns and that's. Just him sitting in the ring. Oh, 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 oh. Hang on. They may actually do introductions at this point. I see a ref. I see. Ooh. Oh, now it's frozen. This is Roman's out. just God getting into the, the ring now. <laughs> you suck. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I got Strowman walking to the well, ring. you know, maybe by All the right. time you start freezing, I'll catch up with you. I... 
We're gonna it's going to be great if Cesaro, if Cesaro wins and you pop, but that's it'll okay. be five minutes later, and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> Pyro. What? That's my fear, man. That's like, you want to see the pin, but you don't want someone to watch it before you. No. Are you getting introductions? <laughs> yeah, can apparently not. Because <laughs> actually, maybe I can. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. You know what? Let's <laughs> talk about a couple problems we got here on the Peacock Network. All right, right now, right now, I just watched Cesaro get introduced. His, his hands in the air. He's ready to go. And they're about to say, you know, Roman Reigns' name, the defending champion. And unfortunately, ODM is watching oh, Roman Reigns bad. walk down the aisle. Bad and though. here's what the issue is. You cannot fast forward, pause, rewind. Can't go to live. You can't go to live. I'm Peacock when it's yep. live. As opposed to, yeah, WWE Network at least, yeah, you hit live. All right, let me refresh, see where I'm at. Uh, what are you seeing right now? They're squaring off. I think they either Wait. just rang the bell. They are squaring off. No. Title in the air. Bell just rang. And we're saying, no. Ooh, so the the match is on. Ding, ding. Wait, you said the bell rang. <laughs> I may have to refresh Hey, let's not mind. fuck with the flow. We'll get there. So, all right. Here's the thing, man. Honestly, I, coming off of WrestleMania 37, you had I was there any more over person really out of WrestleMania 37 weekend than Cesaro? Like he, you have to pull the yeah, trigger. Yeah, but look on how him many tonight, people they man. failed in the past that naturally got over. You know. It still bothers me that in the same year that Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, debuts with WWE, they put the title on Jinder Mahal. You're like, oh, this is a good thing. Good things to come. One year later, and he loses to AJ and low blows him at WrestleMania. It's like, no, 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 no. We were fine with the Jinder thing. It's cool. Let's yeah, and by the, the time they put the IC title on Nakamura, it didn't matter. Oh, it never mattered. Uh, nothing that Nakamura has done on the main card. God, and I think the IC mattered. title has lost even more value since the time since we've done that episode about the rise and fall. <laughs> well, they did kind of kick it up a notch with the Nigerian drum match. I mean, like that was just bringing it all together. Like it just brought so much prestige back to the title. Here's how much prestige the Intercontinental title has. Adam Pierce set up a fatal four-way Intercontinental title match <laughs> for next week's exactly. SmackDown. Not even this fucking pay-per-view. Not even this fucking pay-per-view. But don't worry. We got zombies earlier tonight. We got zombies. Dude, come on, man. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm seeing Cesaro right here. He looks like a man who's about to take the championship. Is it me? They are. They They're are, man. But you know God what? Damn, I but hate they, being but a they, mark. But you know oh, what? I'm a mark. Good on them because they at least, at the very least, I guess they recognize they could sell some tickets with it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, most people want to see him win it, and you know he's not. They're not going to put the title off of Reigns. Not now. Why would they but, do it? 
but what? But again, we go back to why not? As this match is going on, you know, we, we say this, why not? You know, why not pull the title off of Roman? He's had it since uh, August. Yeah. SummerSlam. It was like the week after SummerSlam, whatever it was. They had a pay-per-view right after just so they could put a title on Roman officially. And that's it. since then he's had the title. Yes, I like the head of the table and the Usos and this and that. He can drop the title and still be the top dog, the head of the table, the head of the Uso family, the whatever. Put this title on Cesaro right now. I want to scream so loud right now that in the <laughs> RV park that I'm at, the cops get called. Just like You'll have that all my wife coming in and slapping the shit out of me saying, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. Kids are in bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I will say this. All right, so I'm watching Cesaro here. This is the Claudio Castanelli man. It's ten this years is, in the making. I this is all right. True story. We're it is. It really is, man. Like for me, I'm gonna say this right now, man. Go back to I have not talked about it yet, and I will eventually one day on this show. We've hinted towards it, but Night of Champions 2011, the Wish Benoit was you already did. We'll get into that one day on this show, but (laughs) not fully, not enough, not the full story. But that night, I held up a sign that said, please bring in. Colt Cabana and the Kings of Wrestling. Because Punk was on the highest of high at that moment. And I said, let's get. Because you remember the, hey, Colt, how you doing? And I said, bring in Colt Cabana, bring in Claudio, and bring in Chris Hero. Most of which were all brought in at the same time. Minus, I mean, Colt, he did his time as Scotty Goldman a couple years before as a shitty little. jobber in WWE but obviously you know Claudio slash Cesaro makes his way in you know 10 years ago this guy was let me tell you something I could tell I I could do things in different languages Cesaro used to like speak things like 10 different languages then he went on to be in in the real Americans then the guy that won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal then he went downhill then he had a, a tag team with Tyson Kidd then he had a tag team with Sheamus I'm saying Right now, tonight is the night. That's it. <laughs> it's fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, yeah, bro. Fuck it. Come on, you man. You can't me. tell Give me you don't think winning this right now. <laughs> <laughs> See what this is? It's the tiny, tiniest violin playing for all the waitresses in the world. You know, he's convinced Toby. Me. <laughs> Toby. Toby Wong. Fucking Charlie Chan. <laughs> I got Madonna's big dick in one ear. <laughs> he said he doesn't tip. Never mind, you don't tip. Put it in. All right, but only because you're paying. Boom, 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 boom. You know what? Never mind what I said. Shoot this guy. <laughs> we did. Did we do that? Oh, we already did that movie. God damn. Reservoir Dogs is a great one. I honestly, 
if nothing else, our show <laughs> makes me love wrestling oh, yeah. and movies all the all the same more than I used to. Right? Like this week here we have the greatest wrestling match. You had to dive in and really watch some old school shit. We start talking about movies. Fucking major league. Yeah, I'll sit back and watch those. Yeah, movies. the first one is uh, dude, years. I was in elementary school when the first one came out and that was that was just yeah. It was fucking such really? like, I, I swear I could just say that whole movie uh T to B. Ishmael, Ishmael. <laughs> Who are these fucking guys? <laughs> you know, it's funny to me because <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. Like, so I liked Major League One, but really? Major League Two was the first one I saw because oh, it was, yeah. you know, when you have HBO, how they reshow the same movie over, 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 and over, and over. I got that one first. So I always no, thought no. Willie Mays Hayes was played by Omar Epps. And then I all of a sudden see Wesley Snipes. Nice to meet you, Hayes. Shit, the parking lot's over already? there. <laughs> <laughs> you may run like Hayes, but you play like shit. Must a sec. I got to be honest, man, watching this match right now, you know, I like to see a good back and forth match, but in this one on one match, Roman's yeah, teeth are taking the they, fucking they, win. I mean, they've done it's a great just, job with the misdirection the here because they've been playing out. on the whole Jimmy and Jay Uso thing the whole night. They keep going back to it. So it's like, and now, you know, Jay's not out there. So who's going to now? Did you see the Uso shirts? Did you notice them? So Jay's. So Jay's so Jay says right nobody's man. bitch or something like that. And no Jimmy one's bitch. says nobody's bitch. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> I kind of want that shirt to be honest with you. <laughs> Nothing to do with wrestling. I just want to have a shirt that I walk around. I'm with you. Ain't on nobody's that. bitch. I'll tell you what. I'll buy it for you for Christmas, and I'll be sure to take the sleeves <laughs> off. <laughs> What do you call it in? Is it cheaper to get it without the sleeves? Now, do you want it cut before the seam or on the inside of the seam? Oh, God. Oh, oh, I just watched Roman jack off his forearm. <laughs> He's going to go for a Superman punch. Oh my God! Look at here's yeah, the issue I know. that we I, have I, I right now. Is I don't know what now. you're seeing or versus what I'm seeing right now. I just watched. Uh, well, yeah, they're I'm doing the replay of Cesaro with the uppercut. Uh oh! So you're gonna see the finish of this match before I do. <laughs> oh, don't worry. The picnic route just fucking Man, froze. He, uh, Cesaro does throw a great uppercut, though. European uppercut. So after last week's episode, I decided to go on and YouTube what you were talking about, and I found that tag yeah. team match where he went like th- like spot, two straight spot, minutes, spot, spot, just but solid not over the top either. It was like legit. everybody. I mean, it was just like I'm gonna go on a run and only- just murder everybody. Yeah. 
Dude, it's nobody has the uh, Champa maybe Champa maybe after that match at Takeover. I mean, like that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! The, I the forgot multi- about the that. multiple the clotheslines. Yeah, hits to to Walter over and over. That's fucking nasty. I gotta rewatch that one. And you know, I'm sure we've already said it ir- earlier in this episode, but of course, being this is WrestleMania backlash that we, you know, I'm sure we talked about earlier. But man, rest in peace to New Jack. I. Uh, wasn't ready for that one, man. Like it just—I know we talked about it earlier, probably in this episode, but no, I didn't. Did you end up getting to see uh, the you know, dark side of the ring? Fire, so we did a fire, but uh, you know, uh, I did watch uh, Paul Heyman's little quick tribute on uh, Talking Smack, and obviously we talked about this earlier, but dude, dude, uh, it was great. Uh, Heyman did great. I, 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 I almost. I almost wanted him, him. I like how Heyman brought it up. I wanted him like, to get more choked he, up. He thought it was a work for some reason, but he did. He he did. But I think Heyman's a professional, yeah. and uh, I I think just the way he did it was it, it made sense. He even did like the X, but he like he paused before he did it, and you know it was just fucking. It, it was great, and he's like gangsters. Yeah. Right now, I'm seeing Cesaro just run from one side of the ring on the outside of the other. Just delivered a beautiful uppercut to Roman. Look at, I'm just saying it looks like he's primed for tonight if he could win this fucking title. You know what? Hey, I'll say this right now. ODM, I won't get mad. <laughs> you want me to go ahead if and pop? You want me to go ahead and pop? a little more ahead than mine is. I don't give a fuck. If, you, if he wins and you jump up and down... I will always remember the night this is our title. Right, I learned it from ODM. Pretty sad when that's the way I don't care however it happens. Just do uh, it. You know, even if he lost it tomorrow, <laughs> you know, just to get that moment. But of course, it would be on wrestling. But I mean, it, yeah, that was uh, the vampire. Can we talk yeah. about his? his but I mean, mouth you know, how awesome would it be has, to like, see, fangs? see Cesaro win the title on WrestleMania backlash? You remember that episode of The Simpsons? Drink Duff responsibly. <laughs> Drink Duff responsibly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Easy boy. Want to get sued? Simpsons quote of all time. <laughs> to anybody who who didn't understand that, just go back to season two, episode twenty six, and you'll catch on what we're talking about. You mean the Shining? The Shining. <laughs> His father is going to go crazy. Chop them all into haggis. Boy, you read my thoughts. <laughs> haggis. You heard me. <laughs> all right, hang on. You know, all right. So whether we're on the same in sync, like move for move right now, I will say Roman is probably having the best portion of his career ever. And I think the Shield is a phenomenal moment in his life, everything that they had going on. But as a defining one-man thing, now he's coming to his own. I think that people booed him for beating beating The Undertaker, but it's like, oh God, he aren't really fully a character. Moxley or Ambrose, he is who he is. And when you see how 
Rollins turned into this new messiah. Everybody's found their niche. Right here, Roman is in his best, his best niche of his career. And I'm absolutely yeah, he's in a, a Roman Reigns right mark with him, uh, it's him a whole being level. healed, to be honest with you. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons that, you know, I think honestly I can say that you and I, that one of the reasons that we were never huge fans isn't because just because they pushed him down our throats. It's because they never unlocked his true potential. And now, and now we're seeing what he can be. He should be a modern-day Fatu who can actually talk on the mic and – you know, or I'm sorry, a haku, you know, somebody that can just like go like that and be a yeah. dominant threat, but still be like, you know, cerebral and, you know, it's just, it, it's come together. It's finally come together. He can be any, and you know what though? Our modern day heels are the guys that do, do those sarcastic faces or you're right you're not your your heels of savage who's always menacing and want to kill you right you could be kind of sarcastic and look i'm just ahead of the table you're cocky in a different way right it's it's a different heel than what we may have been used to but i think this is the best version you will ever get of Roman Reigns until we love him so much as a heel that we want him to become face again, which happens, you know, right? Like it, we've had that many, many times. Fucking Seth Rollins was heel for several years. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is for you to like. Well, tear it was the something. opposite. You tear like an ACL. It was the opposite. Come back and you're a, he was a face. You're a face. He got, Triple yeah, H. You know, leave with leukemia, and he comes back as a heel. That's the opposite. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really weird. Uh, but hopefully okay, this new very character will give him the juice to play face in a way that will accept it. You know what I mean? No more suffering succotash. He can still be the head of the table yeah. as a face. I still think that no matter how quiet they are going to keep it, there is no way you do not do Reigns versus Rock. They're going to do it at some point. They have to. Within the next I was gonna say, it's WrestleMania or the next two, two, they will do Roman Reigns Because, I mean, listen, Reigns Re- already has a, an established career. You know, uh, say- Granted, a lot of it is due to how WWE booked him. But, you know, what they could do is Rock, Rock could just play the whole die, Rocky, die thing against reigns like bitch you think i got good treatment coming in look at what your ass got they actually brought my ass in to make your ass look better. you know what i mean the story's there so you're right i mean it, it makes sense to do it you know million percent man oh again we, yeah, we, yeah. Fantasy book. You know me all, how many times we say the words wishful thinking on here? <laughs> we are. We're the kings of wishful thinking. But for real, like, I, I, that's exactly how I would do it. Either this year or next year, you have The Rock show up at, like, just a random September, October Raw. Plant a tiny little seed. Then you plant a seed at Rumble or whatever the case is. Or the following. Whatever it is. Or, shit, man, they did... Uh, Rock and Cena one full year in advance. If you tell me Roman versus Rock one year in advance, 
I'm okay with it. Because now, what's Roman going to do this next entire year that makes him to the level of Dwayne Johnson? I'm just saying, that's a match I would absolutely be okay with main eventing WrestleMania. I did not like the Cena-Rock matches. Roman and Rock... And I say you bring in everybody. You pay fucking Haku. You You pay Tama and Tangaloa and Jacob Fatu. You pay the whole family. You say just one night. Just one night to show up. (laughs) Chicken thinking. I mean, so how 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 is life? Uh, you know, had a lot something of I don't think we've ever brought up on the like podcast. How, them, how, not, how you feeling? <laughs> it made that Dominic Mysterio <laughs> Rey Mysterio win so sentimental. You're like, me and my son gonna win titles. <laughs> wow, I didn't expect that. That came out of left field. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I did I did crack a, a very big smile Same. because of that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I don't think we've ever mentioned. Uh, you know, we've talked about where we're from, right? Uh, but uh, tonight we ordered some food from Weggies. Weggies, shout out to Wegmans, the only greatest grocery store in the entire gr- world, no doubt. Uh, but but I there you go, bingo at weekly, even on the office. Oh, man. They had me with the false finish there. Uh, so, yeah, I got some uh, Nashville hot chicken wings. Delish. Delish. Mm. I almost got a sub. Fucking shout out to the Bellas. Everything Wagon roll. Sub. Everything sub roll. Mm-mm, bitch. <laughs> All right, let's just roll down yeah, it. So you also Nick. got Nick Tahoe's in Rochester. You have- hey, shout out to Zweigel's. <laughs> Yeah, funny, you know, if anybody's going to be listening, of course, it's all a Rochester thing. I saw, saw the funniest thing today. It was a picture of baby plate. food, a jar of baby food, and it said cheeseburger, <laughs> cheeseburger garbage plate. <laughs> Nightwing, shout out. If I could only got kids Get a on fucking garbage early. plate. You don't know what it is. Figure it out and make one. I'm sure you got a Wegmans near you somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But have some chicken nuggets first. Oh, we're going. Oh, he's going for the equalizer. Dude, can we talk about, did you know, happen to notice the one equalizer that Cesaro did, I think, on <laughs> Jimmy Uso? Almost killed him on, uh, on SmackDown. It was like the first move he took back. It looked like it, it was an awkward hit. So not so it much on Cesaro then. very well taken uh, equalizer. Look, I am going to. All right, here's a question. All right, we're watching. It's going back and forth. Oh, oh, uppercut. Oh, 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 Superman punch. Never mind. Let me ask you a question here. If Cesaro wins this match, how does he win it, man? Like, is it a flash pin? Is it a decisive win? I think I would say, again, you know, it's obviously always fantasy booking here. I would say it's going to be interference of some sort or a distraction where Cesaro can cleanly get in a move that would legitimately put him down, right? So it's not just a, hey, you got distracted and I rolled you up and it was a fluke. It was he gets distracted, 
but that gives Cesaro the opportunity to hit a clean, like solid, like, you know, move that will definitively win him the match. That's what I would think. And and we haven't seen Jimmy or Jay yet, so I don't think we're even close yet. Well, true. Well, two things I will, I will point out one, the referees officially put on some. Uh, it's, I think it's lat- Cesaro's uh, rubber gloves. Someone is officially bleeding. Number two, <laughs> why do you pan out to the entire Thunderdome arena when it's just a bunch of fucking TV screens? Look at man, that's not just. Oh my god. Hey, the good news is that Double or Nothing is going to be officially all fans. At least we know we're getting yeah, towards all fans again. Because I'm getting over oh, this Thunderdome. You can't screen. end it like this. Come on. You can't end it like this. Nice. Nice. Showing off the strength of Cesaro. Picking him up. Nice spine buster. Oh. <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that as a spot. He wasn't even trying to go for a pin, but the ref still counted it. I like this spot right here. Working the sharpshooter, but oh, there's no way. There's no way. <sighs> see, this is my issue, man. I, I hate when I see a good, like, spout of good, uh, Offense, I'm like, well, that was your last. That that's it. Here we go. Now you're gonna lose. <laughs> I don't like think, you said. Oh, now one what? has made it to the ring yet. What? Wow! But he's selling the arm still. He's not gonna be able to keep it in there long. He's gonna have to let go. Yep, there it goes. He's starting to loosen up. Look at his arm, dude. Look at his elbow. Did you see that shit? It's all chewed up. I did. <sighs> this has probably been one of the better fights, and I really, really mean this, of wrestling out of WWE, like one of their better matches of where it's a, what do you want to call it? About. A, a legit bout. Fight a brawl or like a man versus man where you're like, I don't know who could win. Yeah, I'm good for one every once in a while. Thank you. Well, man, you know what it is is that you could put Cesaro against anybody and he's just that strong or that versatile. Wow, an alligator roll into a guillotine. Wow. My God, he is just. Roman yeah. Reigns is having the absolute best Good match, year too. Of his I mean, above anything else, this might be one of his better Title matches. Title not needed. You need it. <laughs> you, know, I, you know what I always liked was Reigns versus Styles. They did one at Payback and one at, like, Extreme Rules or Backlash or whatever was right after. And right. And AJ was the obvious face in the match, but Roman, he had to play to the heel character. Right now, the more he plays heel, he does different moves. When you're a face, I love the guillotine. I love the guillotine. Right now, he's. I was thinking about it with Ripley the other day. I really wish they would make that standing cloverleaf that she does, her finisher, instead of the riptide. 
it's such a great move, and we don't see it enough. I agree. Still keeping this guillotine going uh, nice and strong. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> Wait, are we inside? Oh, he's got him in the guillotine. Oh, dude, I think, like, actually, I think you're way ahead Where's of me now. Is the guillotine still going on your end? He's got Cesaro in a guillotine right now. Oh, okay, good. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're there. Oh. Hey, Roman, where's Nike Oh, underwear? I have a bad feeling. I have a bad feeling about this guillotine. I just realized something. I just thought of it. God damn it. I just figured out the ending of this pay-per-view. Oh, they do that too often. Cesaro's going to pass hey, out. That's He's their not excuse tap. to make somebody out. not look weak. He's about to pass out. It worked with Austin. They should have just left it there. No, dude. One of the Usos has got to get oh. involved somehow. Cesaro both. starting to break this guillotine right here, man. Yup. There you go. They're going to keep teasing you, man. They're going to keep oh, teasing God. you. Damn it. Come on, Cesaro. I'm such a... They did it. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. I'm so pissed off. I am so pissed off that you and I even got through to watch this match together. I am so pissed off that that's, how, that's just how they ended that. Yeah. Fucking yeah. kidding me. Lazy, lazy, Referee lazy. Stoppage. Are you mother fucking... Wait, wait. Cesaro popped up. Look at him. He's moving. Hang on. Hang on. Dusty finish. Please tell me no, because he popped up. Adam Pierce pops out. Give me something. Dude, you're I don't right. Give a because fuck. You should have known that they fucking, that's what they do, man. They go to the well. Fuck you, ODM. Times. And <laughs> that's what they do. It was fucking clear as day. As soon as you said that. That's what they do. That's their that's their excuse just to be like, oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you want to see him in a match? Yeah, we're going to make it look really competitive. But we don't want to bury him, so he'll just pass out. It worked with Austin, right? He didn't pat. He, yeah, he and I'm surprised out. that they didn't, the Usos didn't come out at all. Oh, that's bullshit. Not one Uso. Nothing. That was dis a motherfucking pointing. Come on. Cesaro could have uh, at least take a pin. Oh, there we go. I'll take a pin. Oh, here's an Uso. An Uso's coming to the ring. For what fucking reason? Bringing him to the lay. Bringing him to the lay. Paper use over. What's going on? Hey, Oos. You mind if I lay? I'm just hoping something else happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm staring at this only hoping that the Usos turn on Reigns. It's the only hope I have right now. He's about to lay him. Come on. Oh, here comes lay the super kick. Yeah, let me get him, Oos. Oh, yeah. You guys don't know how to make TV. You guys suck. Fucking pull the buster. Oh, my God. Are you shitting me? 
pull a Buster Douglas with a mouthpiece out. That's who comes to ringside? What the fuck just happened? Wait a second. Wait a second. I don't, yeah, I don't. Fucking Seth goddamn Rollins. What? Is he dressed Seth up? is at ringside now jumping Cesaro, hitting him with a chair. I don't know, man. He has like, you're right. The colors are weird, right? Like that's these new suits from him. Uh, so we're going to keep Rollins or and Cesaro going? Or we're going to new alignment? Please get don't bring Seth Rollins into the That's dead. Don't. Don't. No. Nah. Uh, nah, I think they're going to keep this going. They're going to make Cesaro get stronger and stronger. Yeah, this is like even more confusing. This is stupid. Yeah, I... I feel like we should I don't, end I don't, with a Randy wait, Orton so, stupid stupid. Okay, we kind of expected Cesaro's going to lose. They did it with lazy booking, and then he just gets his ass beat by Jey Uso and then Seth Rollins. Like, is this how we need to end the pay-per-view is by setting up the continuing feud of Seth Rollins and Cesaro? This, this very easily could have been a... Um, SmackDown ending or whatever, right? Like, uh, oh, I just, I just grabbed Cesaro's arm, put it through a chair, and put it up against the post. Oh, now a curb stomp. Backlash. And it's like that's the end of a SmackDown, not of WrestleMania yeah, backlash. Like, oh wow, Rollins just jumped Cesaro. I can't wait to watch to, uh, next week. That was. A very weak ending to a pay-per-view. It was, it made no sense whatsoever. And now, <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm done watching WWE to the next pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> to the next uh, Wrestle WrestleMania money backlash the Raw. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yo, I just spit my, I almost spit that my drink out there. Terrible. WrestleMania backlash, bro. You talk about anti-climactic <laughs> bullshit. Oh! The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, I, I'm watching right now uh, the Miz versus Damian Priest. It's a lumberjack match. Uh, what they did not promote during this, though, was that 
They were apparently going to use this match to promote Batista's new movie on Netflix where he and a team of people take on the most sophisticated race of zombies ever. Um, this is a lumberjack match, and the lumberjacks are all zombies. I'm looking at one right now who's dressed up as Elvis. Um, and yeah, I, I really thought I would have more words than that, but the fact that they would just drop it on us that, hey, we're going to take this match and use it to promote a movie, that wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Uh, but the fact that the ring is surrounded by zombies and basically like the commentators all powdered yet. They're still commentating Morrison powdered and there's zombies on the outside of the ring. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm really not sure what else to say about this. Um, there's literally a bunch of people and, and zombie getups, uh, surrounding the ring. Um, they're apparently smart, but not smart enough to just get in the ring and just eat the brains of the people in the middle of the ring. Um, so, yay, Batista. Congrats, and uh, good luck on that new movie. Uh, I hope it goes a lot better than this match. Uh, that would be, you know, a good thing, uh, just based on what I'm seeing so far. It's kind of hard to even pay attention to the match right now just based on the fact that it's surrounded by a bunch of zombies. Uh, yeah, and they got the, the fog machine going too. Uh, Miz just went under the ring to try to get away from the zombies. I'm guessing there's another zombie under there, if I had to guess. Or maybe it's Batista with a machine gun. Uh, at this point, I don't think much would surprise me. Oh, no, there's, there's, there's Miz. Okay. Surrounded by zombies. Yep, back into the ring. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's zombies around the ring. Yeah, and a fog machine. Um, like, and I'm almost guessing that these are extras, like, from the movies. Uh, because the movie takes place in Las Vegas, which is overrun by zombies. Uh, which would explain Elvis. Um, but, yeah, these don't look like... It's, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, fucking... What's his name? That guy. Or the other guy. You know, the people that they don't put on TV that didn't get let go. Uh, it's not like they just put them in zombie outfits. This is, like, I think these are the actual, like, extras from the movie. Uh, or people they just got off the street to dress up as zombies. I, I really have no clue. But the fact of the matter is, the night started off with Charlotte versus Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. And a triple th threat for the championship. And it was a fantastic match. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I'd almost give it four out of five stars. Uh, no miscues. You know, even the one, there was a couple, but, I mean, they recovered quickly. Uh, it was just a great match. And then Mysterios, the Mysterios versus uh, Rude and Ziggler, I really didn't care about, but it ended up being a really good match. Uh, they told a pretty good story, and, and they had a good payoff. And then this. You know, I was really optimistic after the first couple of matches. And then there's this. 
there's a bunch of zombies around the outside of the ring uh, during what's supposed to be a legitimate competition. So, I mean, I guess, oh, wait a minute. One of the zombies has Damian Priest by the hand while he's in the... Oh, wait, the zombies just dragged both of them out. So I'm assuming they're going to murder them and eat their brains. Nope, they're fight they're both fighting zombies now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the natural progression of things. Oh, so now, now, oh, naturally, Miz and Priest are now teaming up to take on the zombies. Because that's what you would do, you know. I I was really hoping I would have something more profound to say about this, but uh yeah, it's um I mean there's really not much else to say. One zombie just threw another zombie out of the way to take on priest one on one. And priest has like a huge loogie or bead of spit hanging from his mouth. That's pretty gross. Or are those just the beads off his hair? Yeah, I think it's just the beads off his hair. My connection's shitty right now. Oh, now they're back in the ring. Miz goes for a high five. Goes for a punch instead. Priest catches it. Broken arrow. I guess I hope this is the end of the match. And of course it's not. Why wouldn't it be? Yikes. Oh, Morrison's back. And even though he left from commentary, he came back out through the back, I guess. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter at this point. Okay. So is Morrison just going to run back? In and out of the ring. Or no, he's going to do his parkour. Yeah, there we go. Man, took out a few zombies there. So I guess a way to get Morrison involved without him actually having a match. So what's he going to do? Like a splash off the barricade here? Uh, he was lagging because he was waiting for the two zombies to grab him by the ankles. Naturally. Oh my god, they're going to turn Morrison into a zombie. You've got to be kidding me. And Priest with the crossroads. One, two, three. <clears throat> so we're going to get a drip, drip zombie. Is that where we're going here? Or are they just going to do what WWE does and just not ever talk about it? Oh, and apparently it just cut out and... Unless my internet's just that shitty, which it shouldn't be. So, thanks for listening. Stupid, 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 stupid. Do I have your attention?